0: What What do you mean you don't know what that means? What does it mean? Sound it out, Helene. See you next. Uh This is Growing Up Millennial, a podcast about all that media we loved in the 90s and the early aughts. I am Adri, one of your hosts, and a geriatric millennial who grew up in a tropical island.
1: And I'm Helene, your other host, and a quintessential millennial who just loves media so damn much, just can't get enough of it. And this was not even supposed to happen, Helene. <laughs> you are right. And I am still, the jury is still out on whether or not it, it, it is, I am happy that it happened. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So,
0: listeners, this episode wasn't supposed to happen because we weren't going to talk about Billboard Dad, and we weren't gonna cover an additional movie that we will be covering next week. Surprise! Um, so we're here and we're talking about Billboard Dad.
1: <laughs> we just we just can't get enough of Mary Kate Nashley, really, is is the truth of it.
0: It just also felt strangely like we didn't. Close, you know, the season with like one of the kookier uh plots, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean New York Minute was not my favorite. (laughs) That that is an understatement. So so yeah, I'm excited to to talk about this one with you, Adri. What did you think of the movie overall? What were your like overall thoughts?
0: Um, my overall thoughts is that I didn't remember as much of the plot until I started actually watching it. And it all came rushing back, and I was like, "Oof, yeah, I remember all of this in its cringiest glory. How about you?
1: <laughs> I didn't remember almost any of it. I know I've seen this before I, I'm, I would be you know in awe if I had not actually seen this before, but i but I didn't n- none of it was like, "Oh, I remember this." so like nothing came back to me. Um, really? Yeah, so it did feel like I was definitely watching it for the first time, and it's not. I will say this. It is not the worst Mary Kate and Ashley movie by far that we've watched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's still not amazing. There are good things about it, but there are also like I have issues with some things. So oh. what, Helene I mean, have an issue with something?
0: What? I know, right?
1: It's absolutely insane. I have a feeling, though, that I might like it more as we talk about it because I—I don't know—we we always have fun talking about these things, so I'm sure I well, might. End yeah, up
0: well, it. and and like the fun part is to get to talk about it. But let's right. do a quick summary <laughs> about Billboard Dad for those of the audience who didn't just spend an entire weekend rewatching this because they have a child under two years old who you know can only do so much. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't spend the whole weekend rewatching it, but yeah. Oh, I, I, I did. Understood. I had to rent it twice.
1: Oh this no. This is how much I love you guys. I rented the same movie twice. I didn't under, I didn't know that that, that sucks. And also, it, I found it odd that iTunes only gave you the chance to rent it. You can't buy this movie, you can only Correct.
0: rent it. Correct. And I was like, I would have bought it. Yeah. with the money that I spent on fucking renting it.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's like four dollars t- each time you rent it, so you might as well. Yes, just buy it I at spent that point, yeah. eight whole American
0: dollars <laughs> on this.
1: Not worth it, to be honest. But <laughs> that sucks. I also never seen that with a movie on iTunes, like that it's just for rent and not for purchase. But at least, at least this was an other option than the heiress tour. To I watch. guess. Oh yeah, it's, well that's this and the Eras Tour just rent only. <laughs> yeah, I wonder though they're probably gonna make that for sale eventually, right? Oh god, if she—sorry for the Taylor corner uh,
0: non-Swifties, but like if Taylor Swift does not allow us to buy the Eras Tour
1: concert film, I will be so disappointed. I mean. I can see her. She would definitely make it available for purchase before she puts it on a streaming service where people can watch it for free. You know what I mean? Well, I would hope
0: so. But like, because that was another rental that I couldn't finish because I have a child. Oh, no. (laughs) And I was like, you spent the (laughs) $19.89. I'm not spending $18.89 again to watch this that I already kind of watched at the movies. But I was like, God damn it, guys. Like, I need to
1: own this. I was gonna say didn't you didn't you go to the movie theater because I saw it in the theater I didn't pay for the yeah but I didn't get the like three songs that were cut out you know oh yeah you're right yeah you're right there was extra songs I was just um, kind of waiting to see when I could watch it you know and own it in some kind of way but
0: yeah no I I would really
1: like to own it is what I'm trying to say here so, yeah, well, at least this movie was available on iTunes in some form on like ninety nine point nine 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 percent. You mean like getting,
0: like getting and, there? Like
1: getting yes? Well, just like even, even all the movies we did in this season, except for like maybe two. Um, yeah, I We had I to have the they, DVDs for. So. <laughs> and, and
0: thank God we did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because otherwise there is no other way to watch them. So, yeah. <sighs> all right. Hit us with the summary. All right. So Emily and Tess Tyler lost their mother a few years ago, leaving their father, Max, devastated and ready to give up on love entirely. In a desperate attempt to see their dad happy again for the first time since they lost their mother, they decide to put out a personal ad for him on a billboard over Sunset Boulevard. Max goes on a number of bad dates and is just about to give up again before he meets Brooke a smart, beautiful, and sensitive woman whose ex-husband cheated on her and left her feeling very cynical about love in general. The pair hit it off, only to be derailed by Max's money-hungry art agent, who is convinced that finding love will douse Mar- Max's creative spark and leave him penniless. Uh, once again, as all Mary-Kate and Nash movies do, chaos ensues uh, as the girls try to navigate their dad's love life, because for some reason they care a fuck ton about that, uh, in the hopes of helping him find his happiness again.
0: Well, they equated, and rightfully so it seems, uh, <laughs> their dad's happiness with him having a woman uh, you
1: know, his yep. side. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my main issues. Uh the whole movie, everyone is like, if you're single, you must be miserable.
0: <laughs> well, I think it also um touches on something a little bit more sinister than Bateline It touches on men need to be taken care of by a woman in order for them to thrive kind of vibes.
1: Yeah, for Max's storyline for sure. I'm I was yeah, also thinking I mean. like <laughs> Yeah, I was well, I was also like considering Brooks' storyline with Debbie, how like, you know, she's like, Oh my god, you've been single for Twenty six months since your since your husband mm-hmm. cheated on you, and mm-hmm. you must be miserable. You need to find a man. You can't be alone. What are you talking about? you can't, yeah, well, you can't be alone. <laughs> but Debbie was a fun character. Other than you know, that. other than that, yeah, I I would agree.
0: She was she was cute. <laughs> I was like, Debbie makes me feel seen, like just like a kooky like thirty <laughs> something year old. I was like, yes, I am Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway. But before we get into our deep dive on this, let's get the 411 for uh, Billboard Dad. Tell us all about those filming locations, cast and crew, Uh, all that hot goss. Also, did you notice that uh, Max himself goes like, what's the 411 on this? And I was like,
1: oh, no, I missed that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
0: That's pretty so cool. whenever whenever uh, that lady shows up at their house, kind of like after seeing the billboard, that yeah. that lady who says she can't read or something, it was like a weird joke. That was weird, uh, yeah. Yeah. He looks at the girls like, someone better be telling me the 411 or something like that. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh, you know what? We should
1: like clip that audio and have it be like an intro to our 411 segment. <laughs> Yes, I will spend three ninety nine again <laughs> to do this. <laughs> I understand. I actually rented it earlier today, so I might have some some time left over on my rental. <laughs> but yes, anyway. So, um, the movie Billboard Dad* was released on November tenth, nineteen ninety eight, and it was directed by Alan Metter, uh, which is a name I don't remember having heard before. So I thought um, I did. I thought I really? did. Yes. Really?
0: So continue and I'll do some like Googling in the background. Okay.
1: okay. Sounds good. Um, all right. So really I looked up a, a whole bunch of things. Couldn't find any really notable four one one details other than some cast call outs. Uh, I mean, they, they like, they filmed in California. The whole movie's set in Venice, California, Venice beach, California. Although they call it Venice, California. I don't know if that's anyway. Um, yeah, I noticed that too, but you know, it's not one like, of our, it- <laughs> it's like switching goals. It's
0: not one of our travel movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and not too many like fun trivia things I could find on the internet, but you know, there also, were some good cast call outs in this one.
0: Just wanted yeah. to, you know, Alan Matter directed uh, Passport to Paris. So. He did?
1: That's Yes. That's yeah. where we know him from. Wow. Well, okay. Well. That's that's cool. That was a good one. So I was going to say, like, it, it felt very different than like a normal dual star movie. It, and was, it,
0: it was also a tapestry dual star, like joint production, which was also Passport to Paris. It was I think all of our last... movies were. Not all of them were tapestry.
2: Uh, no. I think they were.
0: I can double check. Let me pause. All right, so you're right. Like Tapestry produced most of our uh Olsen twin movies. Mm-hmm. Um, except for Switching Goals and New York Minute,
1: maybe? Yeah, I think those were the two. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um And then cool. we've so, got some
0: uh celebrities that were mm-hmm. cast in this film who yes. made it who made it big later, <laughs> which is the best that's the best kind of like um, thing to talk about for me because it's like oh we see them before they made it yeah. you know it's kind of cute
1: yeah yeah Um, well some of the ma- the notable cast did you have any cast ca- shadows uh, well, before I
0: for me it was Troy and Billy Sario
1: yeah yeah I have her done for like,
0: sure she I was like oh my god it's her like there's like this like few shots in the swim meet Where it's like her face, and I was like, "That is, yeah, like you can tell it's definitely her." You can't.
1: Yeah, she has a name, but she barely talks. I don't even know she. She might say like one line.
0: I think she Um, says one line in the whole movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I completely like skipped over her, um, and while I was watching, and I was like, "Oh wait, that was her." Um, But yes, she's she's I would say arguably the most well known. Uh, apart from Mary-Kate and Ashley for her role as Spencer Hastings in 160 episodes of Pretty Little Liars. Jesus Christ. Um, Yes. Not just 100. 160. Yeah, it was a very, very, very successful show. Uh, I could only get through like the first four seasons and I was a huge fan of the books. I read the books religiously when they were
0: first coming out when I was
1: in high school. This is
0: new information for me.
1: Yeah, I read them all. Uh, They were my one of my favorite book series. And I liked the show for a little bit. And then it just went completely off the rails. And um, even like I I can still watch things when they're not like the books. Like I can I can reconcile those things, which by like seasons two or three, like the show was just completely different from the books. I was like, okay, this is not there's nothing like the books anymore. I don't know what's going on. But normally, I like that wouldn't have stopped me. Um, but, <laughs> but that show was just so fucking confusing. <laughs> there were too many plots. They were trying too many things. And I was like, if I don't pay attention to every single second of every single episode, I will be completely lost. And I just, it was just too much brain power for me. I couldn't do it. But, okay. Okay. But now looking back on it, it's probably one of the more problematic shows with Arya's uh, relationship with her teacher. Ezra? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Pretty, pretty, yeah. Gross. Understood. Yeah, pr- pretty <laughs> problematic. Um, things that we didn't see when we were watching it the first time. I guess. Nope. I I think I watched I maybe know. season one and then I kind of dropped off. I didn't. I but I didn't read the books either. So I was like, I don't know. Like I, yeah. I know I it was a big the, show. The I liked what I watched. Mm-hmm. I guess, but not enough. I I wasn't. Bought in enough into the lore for me to continue watching the show, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I read the books like through to the end, so like I knew who A was in the books, and like I knew how it was going to end, like in the books. And the show obviously did something extremely different. Uh, And it wasn't until pretty like recently, actually, that I decided to kind of see how the show ended it because I was like, I wonder what they did. Um, And I think, I mean, I still think I prefer the books. So
0: <laughs> Was it too um soap opery for you at the like at the end? Yeah. Um
1: a little bit. I feel like it was a lot of uh I I didn't watch the whole show, so obviously I can't fully say this, but if if I had watched the whole show, I think I would have been very upset because it seemed like very unravely uh like it unraveled a lot of character development. Um, oh, you
0: mean like how I met your mother? Yeah. Yes, great, yeah. Great final yeah, like season.
1: Ugh. Yeah, you spend like all this time um, you know, like learning these things about these characters and then all of a sudden they're like, haha, gotcha. Uh (laughs) pretty shitty. I think Uh, I think when it does that, like I really do. We
0: we need better for everyone, guys. Like I know that the idea is like, well, in a in a show, we better like end kind of where we started, because like that's like the circle of life and things. I was like, no, do better
1: is my my yeah. thing just be better agreed agreed but another fun one of the only fun facts i actually found about this movie was that troyan troyan i always say her name wrong troyan no, Sorry. um mm-hmm. was actually a personal friend of mary kate and ashley Olson's. i don't know if they if they still are friends um but at least at the time of the filming of this movie they were close personal friends i guess oh, so that's that really might be cute. why she made it in yeah yeah um, nepotism so, yeah. <laughs> through <laughs> right. friendship exactly it pays to be their friend literally literally um yeah. some of the other notable cast call outs um so the dad max which i have to say by the way side note i there the writers of these films have some sort of weird uncanny like obsession with the name max because i feel like we've had someone named max in like almost like yes months. yes and
0: it's it it really triggers me as a person. <laughs> it gets confusing. Who's, well, it, yes, but also it triggers yeah. me as the novel that I am writing. The hero's uh, name is Max. Yeah, that so. is confusing.
1: Yeah, but it's also like we're talking about, and, and I'm sure not a lot of people have this. But we have a very specific problem, but we're talking about a lot of all these movies kind of like in succession, and it gets confusing because it's like which Max is are we talking about this week? <laughs> like, there's so many of them. <laughs> But Um, but you know what?
0: If there was a category, not there is, for best max in this universe, it goes to this dad. Because the other maxes were bad guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is true. All the maxes are bad guys. Um, It's a low bar. The bar is in hell. Um, Just like for men. Just like for men. Yep. Uh, (laughs) There are some questionable things that I have issues with for the dad, but... We'll get to them when we talk about this. I'm sure you do.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me.
1: (laughs) No, but anyway, Tom Amandes, I think is his name, um, is the man who plays Dad uh, slash Max. And um, he is most notably known for his role as Dr. Harold Abbott in Everwood and his role as Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. He had long-standing recurring roles in both of those. Um, But then he's also appeared in shows such as Parenthood, Arrow, Scandal, and many, many more. Okay, so that's where you might recognize him from. And then Jessica Tuck plays Brooke, that's um, Max's love interest in this film, and she is well known for playing Jillian Gray in 138 episodes of Ju- Judging Amy. So she had a pretty long run um, on that show. She played Nan Flanagan for 23 episodes of True Blood, which I. No, that show didn't last too long, so that might be, like, possibly the entirety of True Blood, for all I know. Um, Do you know anything about True Blood? True Blood lasted way more than 23 episodes. Oh, it did? Okay, Um, for some reason I felt like it was a... Okay, yeah, for some reason I was like, maybe that show only lasted, like, two 12-episode seasons, for all I know. it had seven seasons. What are you talking about? Wow, okay. For some (laughs) reason I thought I remembered it being a short show, but no, I guess not. Never mind, I I misremembered. (laughs) (laughs) from 2008 to
0: 2014 okay
1: (laughs) well good for them good for them uh and then more more recently though she might be known to people who watch the amazon prime original series upload um as viv she played viv in 13 episodes of that show which i think might recently have gotten canceled so r.i.p wow Um, okay well yes (laughs) And then uh, we I have, there's no
0: like like fans of Upload listening to this and learning I about know. this for the first time.
1: Uh, yeah, I also could be wrong because apparently I didn't know that True Blood was on for seven seasons. So I mean, <laughs> don't trust me. Uh, and then uh, we have Bailey Chase, who plays Brad, Hunky Brad. And he is um, he's been in a number of things, but I this was a personal call out for me. Because I recognized him immediately as Graham from 13 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not surprisingly. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: generic hot guy. He, he, his acting in this movie was actually a lot better than it was in Buffy. So, uh.
0: Well, that's, that's good. Because he wasn't bad in this one.
1: No, he was pretty good in this. Like, cause yeah. his, uh, maybe it was like the direction or the writing for his character in Buffy, but his, his, he was literally a cardboard box. Like he, he had no emotion ever. And I was just like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) So he actually did pretty well. Uh, And then he's also more known, like for me, he's well known for Buffy, but for other people, he's more known for playing uh, Butch Ada on Saving Grace and Branch Connolly on Longmire. So if you've seen either of those shows, that's where you would recognize him from. And then uh, as I was watching the film, I wasn't going to put this one down, but I was like, it was one of those things where I was like, I feel like I've had to have recognized him. But then when I looked him up, I didn't recognize any, like, I, I don't think I really would recognize him from any of the things he was listed for. So I wrote down a uh, Sam Saleta who plays, his name is Ryan. Um, I referred him solely in my notes as skater boy spelled uh-huh. S K A T E R B O I, as a uh, Avril Stein once told us. Um, Cause yes. he was a skater boy and she said see you later boy anyway um sam saletta uh appeared in shows such as seventh heaven rocket power and king of the hill so all right yeah he he had a shorter career than the rest but i for some reason i was looking at this little 12 year old kid and i was like he looks so damn familiar and then it didn't pan out to be anything whatever well anyway
0: that being said the 411 yes. out of the way let's dish let's go into the opening of this movie
1: yeah so we open on some establishing shots of the, the venice boardwalk and right. uh it's accompanied by an intro vo from emily who basically she she narrates the entire film just emily for some reason which i thought was an interesting choice um but I have to say, this entire like opening sequence where she's like, v- like doing the VO and and just showing like shots of her going throughout Venice Beach, like she comes out for a surfboard and then she rollerblades down the street, like they are obviously attempting to make it look like she's a boy. Yeah, because they don't they don't show her face and they just show her like doing sports. And- yeah, just like
0: she's like a tomboy. <laughs> look at me, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then I think they were trying to do a whole like big reveal of, oh look, she takes off her hat and she has hair under there and she's a girl. Oh my god, it's like this is American national movie. Do people like, obviously, she's we know who she is. Like, it was it was an interesting choice, and also I love how their their way of tricking you into believing that someone's a boy is by just showing them doing like like surfing and rollerblading because like girls can't do that, right? no girl can do that mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> and- <laughs> crazy girls girls no way so during her little vo monologue she alludes to a difficult time for their family um and because i couldn't remember a damn thing about this movie i was just like i'm just gonna guess their mother died which is confirmed later on um so and it's the same
0: starts- as a new york minute you know yeah we're, yeah we're doing callbacks
1: <laughs> yeah, but they don't give a shit about their dad's love life in New York Minute. Honestly, probably for the better, to be honest.
0: Yeah, because they're more yeah. self-centered. Correct.
1: Right. <laughs> right. So after they establish that their dad is struggling and their whole family is really struggling after this loss, uh, she starts to list she's the differences between her and her sister Tess. Ever she's like, oh, we're a lot alike. We look alike. Blah, blah, blah. And then she starts listing these differences. And she goes like, Tess is better at most sports, but I'm the better surfer. And like Tess is left-handed, but I'm right-handed. And then she goes, <laughs> then she goes. Tess, Tess likes, likes boys.
0: boys.
1: I like and boys. I- like- but it was so uh, I I got faked out for a second because she was like Tess likes boys and I like boys. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! For a second, I honestly thought they were gonna like have some actual LGBTQ re- representation in this movie. Uh, And and, then you realize that it was 1999 or 98 or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, well, so this is Emily saying it. And so, but then later on, I was getting queer vibes from Tess, which then obviously got derailed by the end of the movie. But I was like, this isn't lining up because if she was talking about Tess, like faking out Tess liking boys at the beginning, then I could see them like doing a little nod. But it was anyway, they both like boys because they had to they had to clarify that. At the beginning
0: well and, they had to agree on something it was like something like that I thought yeah. I laughed
1: I mean they could say like I love Tess loves my dad and I love my dad like yeah well you
0: know I <laughs> what if I told I am not saying that I I have the best taste ever I'm just saying I laughed <laughs> anyway um <Yeah>. uh- <laughs>
1: Yes. Uh, Anyway, yes. Also, they
0: mention, they meant, Emily mentions, or is it Tess? Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Shit. You just said Emily is is the
1: only one who narrates it. So Yeah, Emily's the only narrator in this movie.
0: Okay, so Emily also, like, makes a big deal out of the fact, just like in Passport to Paris and many other dual-star films, like, people can't tell us apart sometimes, which kind of warrants the, like, the differences game.
1: Yeah. And it plays a, a a kind of a little role at the, at the end of the movie too. Yes, it does. It's cute. Yeah, it was. I actually really liked that. We'll get to that. Like, I'm dead. Um, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it was really cute. Uh, so Emily gets home and Tess is making breakfast for their father and for them. I think this whole scene was actually really, really, really cute. I loved this scene. Um, first of all, their buns are so adorable their ha- both their hair is just the cutest thing i'd ever seen uh, tess has these little little like like little space bun things that are they're so cute and then emily has them but like smaller because most of her hair is down but she just has two little buns um, it's super cute and yeah. it's the cutest thing ever i love it so much and um <laughs> emily is the cutest drama queen in this scene too cuz tess is like where's the whisk uh, like I can't find the whisk, and Emily's like, "Oh my god, the whisk! Oh no!" Ah! she like like throws herself on the counter, and like, it's really, it's actually really adorable. Uh. And Tess is like, <laughs> "You don't even know what a whisk is, do you?" And she's okay. like, "Nope, yeah, yeah." That part I was like, "How do you not know what a whisk is?" What?
0: <laughs> because it's clear to me that Emily that Emily has no intention of doing any housework. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That is true. That is true. Uh, But instead, because they can't find the whisk and apparently scrambling your eggs with a fork, which Emily suggests... Bruises them. Bruises them? Is that a thing? Yes, it is, actually. I I didn't know you could bruise unscrambled eggs. Okay, so a scrambled egg
0: with a whisk is much fluffier and better than when you whisk it with a fork because a fork doesn't allow for the air bubbles to like, yeah. Form nicely in the mixture.
1: Yeah, yeah Whatever. it in- introduces more air into into the yolk, which makes sense to me, it makes it fluffier. But like, how does not using a whisk bruise that? I don't bruise the yolk. That doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, the the use of a fork, depending on obviously how you use it, doesn't yeah. allow for the air to enter in the same way as a whisk does. So Ergo, you will have like a
1: less fluffy egg okay so they just call it bruising okay yes i was thinking like like the way that you when you like drop an apple you like it bruises you know i was like no, no 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 no
0: not no it's just it just doesn't give you the best foundation to begin your journey with a scramble. okay egg.
1: this has been gordon ramsey's corner <laughs> on the growing up millennial <laughs> growing up millennial podcast if i can say the name of our podcast uh, <laughs> yes, chef, okay, continue, yes, chef, oh my gosh, sorry, I just watched the bear, so we'll talk about that later. um
0: <laughs> oh, oh, you watched the show- you watched the bear, I am living it, Olivia is in love with her like stainless steel pants, so I am living the oh bear, God.
1: amazing, can't wait to hear more about that, so yes, because continue. they can't find because they can't find the whisk, um, Emily comes up with a nice little clever way of of scrambling the eggs without a tool, which I don't know if this would make would do much better than a fork, if I'm being honest, but it's cute. Um she puts the eggs in a Ziploc bag and shakes them and they both like dance around with the bag to shake it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Up. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's so cute. And also honestly that's a very airtight bag. Like I was honestly worried there that the eggs would like leak you out
0: and Seth both were like, oh my God, <laughs> it's going to explode in their faces. <laughs> and I was like, "No, it's not." I would have remembered that,
1: and it didn't yeah, it happen. Really, so. it was really I was case, right, you Yeah, you were right. y'all. That's y'all are, like y'all's
0: anxiety is through the roof. Is what I will say. <laughs>
1: I wasn't like that anxious about it, but I was just kind of waiting for it to happen. Uh. You know, I wasn't that anxious, but I was waiting for it to happen very yeah. intently. I mean, I I live in the worst case scenario. That's my life. Yeah, it's not anxiety. It's worst case scenario. What are you talking about, Adri? Yeah, it's my address. That's where I live. Worst case scenario lane. As you know, oh, you I was bought gonna me say the worst Boulevard, case scenario handbook. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you bought me the worst case scenario handbook. You know this about me.
0: Well, I did also <laughs> buy Seth the travel version.
1: Oh, <laughs> amazing i absolutely love that
0: and the and the apocalypse version did you know there's various <laughs> I versions didn't, oh my
1: god there's so many versions
0: yeah oh my goodness so well. i feel like i bought the entire set in between like <laughs> christmas or holiday presents for you guys yeah like <laughs> the game the book and then like the other two versions were seth
1: that's amazing i love that for you
0: <laughs> I love that for you though, because you got yeah a not safe for work
1: game. <laughs> yeah, and I played it on New Year's Eve with my friends. How was it? Fun. It was fun. It was really fun. Okay. Did you yeah, win? I liked it. I did actually. I mean, I would I would hope that you would win. A worst case scenario <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, I think I might have won it with my family too, because we played the non the the regular safe for work version over Christmas because ah. they happened to have it. Remember I was texting you? Yeah. About it. yeah, yeah. They happen to have that version. And I well, think the I listeners that well. don't
0: know. So I have to pretend like I don't. Come on, girl. <laughs>
1: that's true. That's Get with true. the program.
0: That is true. We've only been doing this for years now. <laughs> it's
1: called acting. It's, it's called acting. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get back to this film. That was a fun tangent. I'm sorry, though. everyone. <laughs> sorry, everyone. I am <laughs>
0: sick. I've been sick since Christmas. So I might not be able to edit out these coughs or not. We'll see. Just giving you some behind the scenes drama here.
1: Yeah. Other than, you know,
0: me. my acting career.
1: Yes. That's <sighs> me the future Adri who's editing this episode. Yeah.
0: Well, God bless. <laughs> anyway. Right.
1: So we're, we're back at, uh, we, we see the, uh, this, the workshop.
0: This is where, yeah, this is where we learn that our dad, our movie dad for the foreseeable 90
1: minutes, is yep. a sculptor. Yes. He's an artist, a sculptor, a famous one at that. They talk about that many times in this movie. And he's working in his workshop, and the girls come in at, with, like, a tray of breakfast. And he, we learned that their nicknames are Monster and Munchkin, which I needed to call out because my sister has my nickname with my sister has been Munchkin my entire life. She still calls me Munchkin to this day, and I was just like, I see myself represented in in this movie because of that. Representation matters, Helene. Yeah, it was it was very sweet. I was like, I'm Munchkin. I, I'm Munchkin. Anyway, <laughs> um, same we- sees. <laughs> this is also sorry
0: but this is also where we find out that not all is well with our tv movie dad because he pours orange juice in his cereal
1: yes yes Um, that's how we can tell that he
0: is going through a low low point in his life
1: yeah, he's, like, acting super out of it. I was just going to say, I I was also represented in Passport to Paris with the character named Taleem. So, it just, I felt so represented in both movies. But, yes, now we find out that the dad is basically, like, going through life high on crack. I don't know. He, he like, can't focus on anything. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> I don't know. just going to
0: say, like. He is full of grief, so he buries himself in his work, which makes him do boneheaded things like put no, orange juice in his cereal.
1: That is more accurate. But the way he's acting is just it just he kind of in this scene, he acted like he was kind of on the influence, under the influence of something.
0: You know, or not sleeping as someone who hasn't slept in approximately. How old is Olivia? 20 months. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you it gets to you
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, he he's definitely not not coping super well with with the loss. And uh he yeah, he pours, pours orange juice in a cereal and
0: we also and- learned he's not surfing anymore. He used to be the first one yeah. in the waves and now Tess is like surfing T- Tess and Emily are, are surfing by themselves basically, but it's mo- mostly like Emily I guess, yeah. Anyway, yeah. there we yeah. also meet the villain of this movie, Nigel.
1: Yes, I do want to point out though that we find the whisk that they were looking for. Uh, oh, correct. In his it is workshop. Yes, it is. Okay. It is. And then he also talks about how he like can't find his blowtorch, and the girls and are was, like, "Oh, yeah. you left it under the coffee maker." And I'm like, yes. this man is leaving blow torches out all willy nilly when he has two young daughters walking around like they could get injured. Just not. Oh very no, but possible. like that
0: blow torch was right in front of him under the coffee maker,
1: under the coffee pot. I think that's what they were. Right showing. in front of him. I would assume
0: the coffee yeah. pot
1: would be in the kitchen, and they're in his. studio. No, the coffee pot was right there in the in the. oh yeah i thought okay that makes more sense i didn't see it i just they said it was under the coffee pot and i was like okay so he's leaving it in the kitchen no no
0: no. i literally made sure to look i was like okay i did not see what and then i saw it i was (laughs) like oh okay that makes more sense okay cool cool, okay cool
1: okay that makes sense yes so yeah then we meet nigel like you said and uh, who brings
0: mrs rubenstein
1: um who wrote down her name oh yes, is loaded <laughs> and interested in the dad, well, yeah, he comes out to meet her without a shirt on yeah, and then he she ass. says to
0: Nigel, there's twenty five percent more if you can get me a date with him
1: yeah, she tries to uh bribe Nigel into getting a date with his client, which like twenty five percent is a lot of what I also when we, we learn how obsessed this man is with money, I am surprised we did not see him more actively trying to get him to go on that a date with this I woman. I feel yeah.
0: like, okay, I feel like it's, it serves Nigel's purpose to keep him away from women because he is kind of like yeah. every abuser where he likes to isolate his victim so they only have him to turn well, to.
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole movie is is him trying to keep him away from women because he doesn't want him to be happy. Correct.
0: So even if initially that 25% was tempting to him, he would never go through with it because he understands that there's more to be made on the other side of that.
1: Exactly, that's true. That is is good thinking, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, Um, I hate
0: Nigel with a passion, but that's what I think.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm going to call it out now um the one person of color in this movie oh i guess other than cody cody i i i didn't think about him until right this moment but like the the main person of color in this movie is a bad guy which i just hate when that when they do that it just, it uh, just with a
0: fake accent he's from jersey yeah Yeah.
1: well at least it's not like a fake like you know arabic accent or something so it's like, so like a london accent but right it's like british it's like british yeah yeah, Which later uh,
0: we'll we'll talk about this later, but like then um, cut to uh, the swim meet mm-hmm. type, uh, like in the swimming pool, and we learn that Emily has a crush Wait, on my swim instructor. You, you skipped
1: you skipped one oh, of the sorry. funniest lines. You skipped what one is of the funniest, funniest line? Go so ahead. we learn we learn that Nigel well, is obsessed with money, um, and when he's walking away. Uh, after he has this conversation with the girls, that is just fishy. She says, "There's something fishy about that guy," and she, and then the other girl says, "Fishy. All you need is mayonnaise, and you got a tuna salad." Tuna <laughs> Yeah. I was like, "Damn," <laughs> but yes. Now we go to the pool. I had to call that out because that made me just die.
0: Yeah, I was just like, I'm. I know Nigel is a big part of this plot. I'm just not very interested in him. Uh, or whatever he's doing. So I didn't really write a lot of notes for him. I'm more interested in the fact that Emily has a crush on Brad, who is a college boy who is very appropriate with her. She's the inappropriate one.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, she has the biggest crush on Brad. Uh, (laughs) They call him a hunkasaurus? Oh, I mean, that's cute. I like that. I I don't remember that as much. I more remember the thanks bod i mean brad (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: so inappropriate so inappropriate
1: yeah i mean just the the face she makes when he kisses her on the cheek at the end like oh i will
0: transcendental
1: it will haunt me for the rest of my life it was me too
0: like and they also like kind of freeze-framed it in a a way it was
1: eerie i did not like it uh But this is where we meet Cody, their friend Cody, who yes. we've, we established very early on is Rich AF. Correct. He has an au Very rich. Yeah. He, he got like free concert tickets. He has, an, he has an au pair. Like he is, his dad is loaded. He's got a
0: celebrity dad who is in a band or some kind of singer or some kind of producer like or something. He owns a record
1: label, record label or something and something like that. Yeah.
0: It's, it's something like that. It's something big. Yeah.
1: But now this is where we learn this is where we also meet Skater Boy, um, which is the only thing I will be calling him today today throughout this episode um, from Holly weird is what they call it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess I didn't realize that people in California thought that people from Hollywood are weird. But I guess so.
0: And, each their own.
1: yeah, he he slips on his skateboard on some sunscreen that Emily spilled earlier in the scene and ends up in the pool so yeah but then then brad tries to get him and he goes let go of me you college boy i'm fine i didn't hear him say that i thought it was crazy that he gets out and then goes immediately to dive off the diving board in his combat boots he takes off everything so weird except for his fucking shoes which are must be so heavy that they're like they're he's gonna sink to the bottom of the pool with those but oh whatever well. so yes that was uh a nice little side i feel like all the like swim stuff was just such like kind of unnecessary fat that could have been trimmed in this oh movie. but and it's I- kind of
0: cute like a plot or, or you know for the girls you know like
1: it would definitely it's be a b plot
0: you know but for them themselves they feel like this is really important so i think it's important because otherwise it's just a movie about two girls worried about their dad and interfering in their dad's lives a little too much
1: i mean that is what the movie is
0: yes but <laughs> i i like i like the little breaks of swim meets sure uh, shows, shows us some texture shows us that there's more to them
1: than this uh, I didn't leave the movie convinced of that Also, but without, the swim meet, that.
0: without the swim meet we wouldn't have shirtless Brad and shirtless Brad was something that this 37 year old mom appreciated
1: yeah it was fine he's only shirtless like once but yeah
0: he's, he's cute he's you know, cutie. He's, he is the bod so leave, leave my Brad alone yes.
1: Well, now we get to go to a very depressing scene at the sandwich shop called Van Gogh's Ear, which of all things. Really interesting guys. name. And we learn that the uh that the kids and and their dad have not been in since their mom died, I believe. Yes. And they decide they go to a sandwich shop but they order a sundae, an ice cream sundae, which I was like, okay. Um and the sundae sounded great. Uh and they're like they're And he re- loses it over some nuts. Yeah. I, was, I wrote down they order a Sunday, but they mention nuts, and their dad starts missing their mom because apparently she must have loved nuts.
0: And he didn't. <laughs> he only got them because of her.
1: Yes. Uh and then the dad just kind of the the dad thinks of nuts and um, immediately thinks of their mother. And starts asking the children, the girls, whether or not they really remember their mother. And then they kind of, you know, reminisce about her and, and miss her altogether for a little bit. Um, the Sunday comes out in literally the tallest cup in existence. That is probably the most difficult thing you can imagine to eat an ice cream Sunday out of, mm. but for each their own. And then the dad leaves, uh, unless the kids just eat their Sunday in sadness by themselves. That's exactly what happened. Pretty, pretty fucking sad scene. And then (laughs) we go to Tess and Emily in bed talking about missing their mom. Uh, Their bedroom wall was really cute. Did you see their wall, bedroom wall? What was it? It was painted like the bottom of the ocean. So there was like a bunch of seaweed. It kind of looked like hand drawn too. Like I I could imagine like the kid, the girls doing it themselves. Um, Oh, that's cute. cute. Like a mural. Yeah, and then. so the girls are in bed talking about how much they miss their mom. And, um, oh, I said that already. Okay. So the girls, the girls start to worry that their dad could die of sadness. Which, you know. Which is very cute. sad. Yeah. Um, like cute that they care. <laughs> so it is very, it's very sad, uh, that they're worrying about, you know, their dad's like actual physical health and well being because of this. But, uh. They decide... They are pioneers in mental health. They understood madness, uh, the you know? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, though, because then they, they... Like, the next thing they do is decide that the only way that their dad can be happy is with a woman.
0: They are like, pioneers in mental health, but they're also children, Helene.
1: <laughs> Which is, like, the first time I was like, I don't know. Has he heard of Prozac? Like, there has he tried, you know finding other passions other than artwork that you know, i i don't know there are there are things i don't i as a woman who's been single for upwards of 5 years i just don't love the message that the that no, you I gotcha. need a human to be happy i just don't love it i really bump with it so um anyway that is what they decide so they go to the boardwalk and are looking at personal ads oh, which which hilarious guys like yeah chef's kiss <laughs> I just am so concerned that for some reason, Emily is uncannily good at decoding personal ads. Like, is there something we need to know about Emily? What
0: I want to know is if she was decoding them correctly and if it's not like she's like putting the like rosiest color on like whatever those acronyms meant and it was something like. I mean, this wasn't the case, but imagine like BDSM being like one of the acronyms, (laughs) and she's like saying like, "Oh, like building, yeah, (laughs) building
1: dinosaurs uh, and small men, (laughs) (laughs) or like yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, like I don't know." Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I kind of thought that they were I for a second, I thought they were going to lean into the type of joke that they do in almost all of their other films where it was like, I thought they were going to make it like Translation, another please. language. Yeah, like it was going to be another language. And then we were going to get subtitles with what the what it actually meant. But no, they didn't. They didn't go that way. Instead, they just, just made because- it really fucking weird that Emily knows these things, because I don't know why a 12 year old girl is so versed in the coding of personal ads. personal ads well <laughs> yeah. to be
0: also fair to other mary Kay and ashley films this is not the first time one of the twins knows something that is a little bit mm-hmm. outside of their age bracket um i'm no. thinking specifically about holiday in the sun where like Mary Kate's character's favorite book was Forever by Judy Bloom, and we discussed oh, yeah. how problematic that is, even if she's like a full blown teenager at that point. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, it's it's questionable, but yeah. Oh well, let's continue. Hey, that's anyway. what happens. So yeah, anyway, anyway, Cody they, they... mentions like mm-hmm. chat
0: rooms, right?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I remember those days when online chat rooms were considered to be dangerous. Now people just talk with people they don't know on TikTok all day long. All day long. Yeah. Woof. But hey, times they are changing. Uh, but Cody suggests putting the personal ad up on a billboard, uh, which is exactly what they do. If you have watched this movie and know the title of this movie, that is the name of the movie. <laughs>
0: Also, I have a question, tech, like a technical question about the billboard itself. Yeah, we're supposed to believe, like, that these kids like free painted their message without <laughs> having, like, look. <sighs> I, as an adult, a full grown adult, cannot write a straight line to save my life in like an online in piece of paper. Comic
1: stands, apparently. <laughs>
0: No, it wasn't Comic Sans because it was brush. They had br- brush stroke. Um,
1: it kind of looked a little bit like Comic Sans.
0: Well, it, it looked childish because it's supposed to look childish, but that's yeah. not. I'm not even going to talk about the typography here. But like, <laughs> I can't even write a straight line in online paper, but I'm supposed to believe that these literal children with paintbrushes on sticks are able to do this without like running out of, you know, space and also be able to put up a picture of their father. Yeah.
1: I was going to ask, I was like, I wonder if she's going to get to that part. Cause that was the most unbelievable part. <laughs> well,
0: yes, but I have to build to it girl. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't see it. And and, yeah, and also paint, like over, paint, yeah. p- paint over what says your ad here. Um, yeah
1: but okay just the entire premise just, I have just a, a lot. little bit yeah just, 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 <laughs> just this just this 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 part though where they decide to go with the billboard like i love how at the beginning of the the discussion with cody they're like well we can't do this because you know they it, we want our like we're looking for a very specific type of woman to date our dad she has to be like sensitive blah blah like they list all these things like they there's a very specific type of woman that they're looking for And then he goes, oh, what about a billboard? And they're like, great. And I'm like, let's try the entire city. Let's just put out the call to everyone. And maybe that one specific type of woman will show up. I was like, but you were looking for a very specific type. This goes against everything that you just said. It was very weird.
0: They're also 12, Helene. Calm down. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is true.
0: This gets us the first candidate who shows
1: up. You know who isn't 12, though, Adrienne? You know who isn't 12?
0: Who? The
1: writers. The writers are not 12. They should know better. They could write a better movie.
0: (laughs) I know. I'm just telling you. They're 12. Let's move on. Yeah, but the writers are not 12. (laughs) They're supposed to be thinking like 12-year-olds. Anyway, we have our first candidate. Can you let me get to the joke, please? (laughs) We have our first candidate. And Max opens the door and he says what i think is a brilliant says wrong house the musician lives three doors down beautiful chef's kiss but i'm disk you know get it yeah. three doors down like the band
1: oh I, no, I i didn't i didn't get it
0: oh god okay continue <laughs>
1: I was like, "How's that a joke?" Because <laughs> there's said a that
0: literal band who that was like super popular in this time and in the early aughts called Three Doors
1: Down. Halloween, look at oh, how was that definitely not my first thought. I've heard of them. That definitely wasn't my first thought, but I'm glad that that it hit for you. I'm glad that the joke worked for you. <laughs> Went over <gasps> my head. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we we skip the entire scene of of them actually going up on the billboard. Um,
0: well, I because- I thought I thought I already alluded to it by saying they have paintbrushes on sticks and they're freehanding this.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they have this really intense, <laughs> intense music going on in the background the entire time, uh, and they do like a, a outfit change from black yeah. to white so that they can yeah. like uh, blend in. Blend in, the- yes, of yep. course. Um, and, uh, the green screen is just awful. That entire scene. Anyway, yes. So he has that, I guess, joke that I didn't catch about the musician. Um, the woman makes some really weird joke about how he, she's like, oh, well, I, I, the billboard like talks about how you should write a letter to him. It gives them his address, which one is really unsafe. Um, it puts the address As we can on there see,
0: because she showed up. <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. And she's like, oh, well, I didn't write a letter because I can't write. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's such a weird thing to say. I don't know why she said that. Um, And, oh, I also wrote down exactly what the billboard says. The billboard says, he's single, he's handsome, he's cool to the max, interested, write, write to Max Tyler at 10 Surf Street, Venice, which... Surf Street was such a fun fake street name. Um, And then we meet uh, Brooke as
0: she is working on her, I guess, a pair of glasses. We just hear with like a microscope, honestly, guys. I don't know what we're supposed to get from that. Um, And we meet her friend Debbie, who's watching Billboard Dad on the TV. So it's like intercut between like seeing Mm -hmm. the Girls on TV and like being interviewed and all that, and Brooke being like, "I'm not interested, guys. I'm not. Just leave me Yeah, she like,
1: and she refuses to even look at the TV, which plays a part later. um Yeah, of course it does. Otherwise, she definitely would have noticed, recognized him when she meets him.
0: Well, later. and the girls say the <laughs> they say something, and the interviewer goes from the mouth of babes, and uh, one of them goes.
1: She called us babes. Forgive her. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, that was, I was, I thought, you thought it was cute? I thought it was weird. Uh, I was confused. It's because, like, babe
0: is, like, an objectifying word.
1: And yeah, I just she, don't feel like, like
0: they've. Forgive her. Like, she, they didn't understand that she was saying from the mouth of babes as in a saying about, like, children. She, yeah, they it, thought she, it was being like like objectifying. Uh, yeah, like. and
1: I I mean I understand that, but it didn't land because I don't think that they've established that they're like like that, that that they would they haven't established in their characters yet that that is something that they would not respond well to. And so when oh, she said it, it was cute. just very. It was like very like whoa, what? They just like were so deeply offended by by that. Um, that was just confused. It was just confusing. It was confusing to me.
0: Okay. Then cut to four bags of mail.
1: Yes. Yes. They are at home and the dad is on the phone with the billboard company who decides not to press charges because they love the free publicity, which I don't understand how the billboard company is getting free publicity. Uh, but sure. I'll, I'll just accept that. But yes, then the mailman shows up with four sacks of mail. It's like Christmas with Santa bringing a sack of presents. Yeah. And we learn that some of the women are sending money. So this man is making money off of this, which is kind of interesting. Fantastic.
0: (laughs) Also, you shouldn't send cash, but that's just me. And then the girls beg for him to go on some dates, and they negotiated down to five dates.
1: Yes, yes. Then I goes no,
0: a bad. montage of five dates, and I wrote them down. Date one, I wrote: Can this sh- woman chug more wine? Date two: disgusting earwax lady.
1: Date three: uh, lady wearing a hijab, super racist. Uh, yep. uh, not her. Not just a hijab. It's a it's a niqab. I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. So one that covers your entire face. Yeah, and for your like eyes. it's
0: just it wasn't done right.
1: Honestly, yeah. like it was no, such it was a awful. racist that was, thing. That part, I so like it was this part with not just with her, but then with the French woman after her. Yeah, um, and the Parisian woman uh, yeah.
0: with like uh, that's date four uh, with implied hairy armpits, which like also like super like disgusting of the writer director whoever did this. Yeah, and then date number five was woman who is overtly mom. <laughs>
1: yeah, treats <laughs> just, him like a literal like baby. A,
0: like a literal, like I treat my toddler with more respect than this.
1: Yeah. So yeah, just this part, like, is kind of what made me like the dad was fine throughout most of this movie, but this part of the movie was where I was like, he's they're having him dismiss a woman because of her facial coverings and because of her facial hair, or like not facial hair, but like body hair. Um, it's just it's very one racist and two superficial and kind of sexist so yeah that was not great uh and left a bad taste in my mouth throughout the film for him he obviously is much better the rest of the film uh it was just a very not great part yeah I agree. but but yes yeah, so then we go back to the dad is back at home after these awful dates and he starts throwing away all the rest of the letters, because he's given up on love. He said five dates, and the five dates were horrible. So, well, I mean, to him. And, and then he starts to make a game out of it by crumpling up the letters. And, like, it was kind of like that game of, like, she loves me, she loves me not kind of thing, but with throwing things into basketball hoops of, like, if I make it, I'm going to do this. If I make it, I'm going to get married. If I make it, I'm going to do this. And he just misses, like, 500 shots and then the last one he makes it in the hoop and i guess it was debbie's letter because then which he we, asked Debbie on a date
0: which we later learned that he became an artist because he was so bad at basketball so yes that i was
1: glad i was so glad they they brought that back because i wrote uh, my note here was this man has got af- got awful at basketball apparently so when they brought that back i was like okay at least he knows it so that's good
0: yeah it's like <laughs> at least there's some like continuating in the narrative, first of all, and second yeah. on like the the temperament of the characters and why they do the things that they do. Like he right. loved basketball, but he was terrible at it. Makes sense why you would still keep like a basketball hoop in your home because it's like something you love, even though you're terrible at it. Um, yeah. That is so true. then that is true. the art date, right? Like the going to the museum.
1: Yes. Um Brooke Debbie is, uh, brings Brooke. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say Brooke is a perfect wingwoman. I uh, like yes. good friend. She goes on the date with her friend, makes sure that she's safe, is there as a as a bailout in case the guy turns out to be a creep. If I had if every woman had a had a friend like this, we would feel so much safer going on dates with random men. Of course. Of course. So good good on Brooke. This was a good first impression for me from Brooke. Well, second, I guess, because we saw her earlier, but.
0: I was I was already sold on Brooke because she wasn't thirsty. You know, she's like, fuck this. I don't I don't need this.
1: Well, I just feel like in the first scene they tried to paint her as so unlikable because she's like, I'm not gonna I don't want to I'm cynical and I don't like love and I'm just a little Debbie Downer. This my friend's like so open to love and I'm just shutting her down.
0: Oh, really? I didn't see it like that. I saw it as, like, this is a badass bitch because she doesn't need a man.
1: Like, yeah. I mean, that's how I I would have, like, how, like, I personally also would have interpreted it. But I, I, like, there's a difference between the way that I interpret something and the way that I can see that the writers are trying to make it look.
0: Well, at the end of the day, for me, it only matters how I interpret things because I live with myself, not anyone else. So... I'm like I don't care if the writers thought she was sad. I like her. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I just I really they're pushing do. they're pushing a certain narrative, and it's whether or not you buy into it is your choice. But if they're pushing yeah. a certain narrative, like it's hard to ignore that that that's the narrative they want us to believe. But uh, but anyway, they she re- they redeem the writers redeem the character a lot in this scene because I liked her a lot in the scene, like I said, and she ends up sitting next to to Max, and they end up hitting yep. it off like organically,
0: yeah. and he kind of doesn't tell her who he is because he's clearly interested. And then Debbie bumps into the twins who are trailing their dad, of course. And Debbie's like, hey, I'm here to meet your dad. And that's where it all like comes out that, ooh, okay, so my friend Brooke kind of hit it off with your dad. And Debbie's like the best friend ever. And it's like, you know what, guys, you should go out to lunch because she can tell there's sparks between them.
1: Yeah, well, okay. so when I first saw it, like when I like when the scene started, I kind of at first was thinking maybe Brooke or maybe Debbie wrote the letter to try and get Brooke to go out with him in the first place. You know, like I thought the effort, like when she had Brooke come along, like I thought it was kind of a long game, you know? Yeah, because in the first scene, Debbie was really like, oh, come on, you should date this guy. You should ask him out. You should do it like she was trying to get her to do it. And Brooke was like, no, no, no. And so I kind of thought originally that maybe Debbie was trying to trick her friend into going out with him. But by mm-hmm. the end, like, that is in- effectively what she did. But by the end, I kind of was like, yeah, maybe that wasn't her actual intention, but she did end up doing no, it. No, I don't think it was. I really no. don't think it was. But I, I definitely, you know, thought of her a hot minute. <laughs> but yeah, okay. she, she does end up giving the date over to, to Brooke, which is good.
0: Yeah. So then, um, they go max and brooke go on this date obviously the girls follow them because they have no boundaries and they, they bribe are
1: unhealthily obsessed with their dad's love life unhealthily well, obsessed
0: to the extent that they bribe restaurant staff yeah, <laughs> to to make this like a memorable date
1: Yes. And she is, they're talking about themselves and she goes, why sculpting? And he goes, I was just so bad at basketball. And that's what we were talking about. I was like, tell me about said,
0: it. Tell <laughs> me about it, guy. Um, so I like really tiny digression. Seth and I looked at each other in the moment of like, I think it was like. Yeah. Compliments to the chef of the, from the chefers whatever, because yeah. and we're like oh because on our first date we got our entire meal comped because supposedly in the eyes of like the restaurant they had taken too long to service our table like the the waiter like we'd been oh. waiting too long according to them and oh. we hadn't even noticed because we were just like talking 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 it was our first date. Oh. Um, so we got our first date comped, and we're like, "Oh, that's a good sign," you know? Yeah, that is a Um, good sign. I love that. We were like, "Oh," and then the other day, which it happened again to us the other day, we went out without Livy for the first time ever in a long, long time, and we went to like this Mediterranean restaurant that I'd been wanting to like really try out, and we were just talking, 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 and I guess like our appetizers were taking too long they added two free appetizers to our entire order and they were Ooh. delicious one of them was a pear salad that was oh. one of the most divine things i've ever tasted in my life
1: that sounds really good i would love to try yeah
0: those. so good i mean if you are out with like your significant other and you get comped good things only good things is what i yeah. think
1: yeah yeah, although in this case they didn't get comped, they got yeah. Primed. It was American but, and Ashley,
0: yeah. um, but I didn't have American and Ashley comping
1: me though. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you <laughs> at did. least not think so. went, Yeah, I was gonna say maybe, maybe they're, they're just like... more uh, covert than this. These ones where they <laughs> knock over our plant.
0: So that means that they were there for our first date and the other day too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Oh, so right. yes, uh, the date goes well, uh, uh, even though the girls get caught spying because they knock over a plant, like I said. And Max asks, asks, Max asks Brooke, wow, that was hard <laughs> to say. That uh, was dad, a tongue twister. Dad asks Brooke. Dad. We'll just call him dad. Dad asks Brooke. Movie dad. Movie dad yeah, asks Brooke. On a second date. And she... Says yes, but wants to go slow because she's rushed into relationships before and she's shy about love since her ex-husband. So they agreed to mm-hmm. go slow. And I liked this part because then we get, the, we get a montage of them going on more dates. It's just like, you know, him, them pulling up to her house and him walking her to the door. Oh, um, oh, oh, I have, I
0: have something to add here. In okay. the montage, I knew that we were getting physical when I saw That slutty side slit that she had on that date where they end up kissing at the door. She has a slit that goes up like pretty high in the side of her thigh. And I was like, ooh, we are getting
1: some tonight. I didn't even notice that because the thing that not that tipped me off to that date was it was the first date that they walked up to the door holding hands. Ah, see had you they went for the more wholesome <laughs> yeah yeah they they were like kind of walking side by side every other date but the, and on, on the date that they actually kissed they were like he had his like they were holding hands and then he put his arm around her and then they make it to the door and then they start making out so i was like yep this is the one this is the
0: one. Oh, i clocked that slutty side slit, and i was like yes she is ready
1: she <laughs> I, I is ready count. did you count how many dates it took I, it took, I didn't like, end up seven, playing. I swear to God. Like, it wasn't yeah. three. It was more than five. I, I, I think yeah. I counted more than five, but I lost count eventually. So, uh, yeah, it was. They definitely took it slow. But, hey, it worked out for them, and they were very, very happy. It was very cute. It's
0: so cute. Old people
1: in love, and super cute. Yeah, but then Max <laughs> as, comes home. As a fellow old person now. <laughs> right. I was going to say old people. They're probably, like, 35. Uh, oh, yeah, Max that's what I'm saying. Home. Like,
0: I'm an old now
1: yeah so then that max comes home from his date and nigel's waiting for him kind of creepily like in the half dark and first of all i gotta say max is like like i'm sure the direction from you know the director was to literally be in constant movement because that's exactly what it was he was he could not stop he was dancing around and it was so distracting (laughs) He was just like, he did not stop moving for a second, but he, it, it was probably to illustrate how happy and excited he was that he's in a happy relationship. Um, And he talks about how um, he's, his art's probably going to go into a new direction because he's so happy now. Uh, And Nigel's pissed off that, you know, he's out being happy and going on dates when he should be miserable at home making tortured art. Um, so this is also where we learn that Nigel has massive credit card debt and car payments that he can't make now or is worried he won't be able to make because he's worried that the art will suck. Well,
0: I have no, I'm like, who cares, Nigel? I don't care about you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but this is like, you know, it speaks to motivation for what he does later on, but uh, the dad then... We get a shot of the dad waking up the girls to go surfing. So we see that, like, I guess in this situation, they were correct that finding a woman for him will help him bring him back to himself a little bit more and spend more time with them, which is good. I'm happy for them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, now we have another one of those like diving side plot scenes (laughs) (laughs) where the girls are at the pool and the skater boy shows up with a water gun and shoots Emily and she's not happy about it at all. So now they're talking about how the regional diving meet is coming up at the end of the month. And Brad asks Tess to try, to try a new dive off of the high platform because the other team is doing it and they he think it will give them a better chance at winning. But we learn that she's afraid of heights. However, this never comes back. <laughs> she does a, a jump, a dive off the top platform fine during the meet and it never really comes back, but okay and then the skater boy (laughs) taunts her for messing up the dive when she tries it so he goes to do it himself and he does it this time he does take off his combat boots so good on him but he does do the dive in jean shorts which no one loves soaking wet jeans gotta tell you it's probably one of the worst sensations hate it also
0: not great to dive in in terms of like aerodynamics
1: Well, yeah, same with the the combat boots. At least when he dove with the combat boots on, he was just, I think he just like a cannonball.
0: Yeah, he was just just being a dick, yeah.
1: Yeah, yes, but it does turn out, we learn now that he's actually a better diver than Tess, uh, but he says he doesn't want to be on the team, and Emily does some like mental math to find out that if he does join the team, that she would be the first one that would get bumped off because there can only be six people on the team, and she's the sixth one i guess and mm-hmm. by the end of the movie i was wondering like is she number 6 because she joined the team last or is she number 6 because she's like the worst on the team because then she ends up spoiler alert she ends up like winning the whole meet for them at the end because she is so good at diving so i was confused yeah do you know how that works
0: i have no idea cuz i've never had been in an organized sport any day in my life
1: yeah, I mean, I know I was in tennis in high school and I they did rank the players like like you would do tryouts or whatever, and then they would rank you. And like that's how they determine whether or not you were in varsity or junior varsity and like how low you were on, like on the like playlist of like wh- who you played against. Um, they tried to like match you based on skill, but that's not mm-hmm. exactly the same. I don't think for diving. I don't know. I've never been on a diving team. But if, if it is that she's number six because she's the worst on the team, she really has a redemption story in this movie. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> so, yes, that that was a little diving subplot. But now we go back to Max taking Brooke to his studio. Uh, and the girls are are uh, eavesdropping by listening um, through an intercom. Which yes, which
0: like tr- like it threw me back like in time. Yeah. I am still uh, you know in the wormhole process of coming back of that. And also <laughs> they put a toothpick on like the the button to leave it like down.
1: Yeah, that was actually smart.
0: I yeah, was wondering so smart. How it was
1: working. I was like yeah. usually you can just use that to like to spy on people but yeah, that it made sense when I saw that. I was like, "Ooh,
0: they are they are clever girls."
1: Yeah, uh, this intercom thing however does come back later in the Nigel of it all, but we will get to that when that happens. But it was a nice setup here for how they can use it to to spy on people. Yeah, and they're talking. Brooke and Max are talking about how her son, how she has a, a son from her previous marriage, which I don't think they had established earlier, and how he's not happy that his dad is getting remarried. Um, and I wrote down because I thought that this was be gonna gonna become a thing later in the movie and then it didn't. But she talks about how the son is so mad that he's get that the dad's getting remarried that he wants to make a statement at the wedding.
0: Oof. And I yeah.
1: I wrote it down because I thought it was gonna like we were gonna see him at the it wedding. It never comes back around. No, I thought we were gonna have him like fuck up the wedding, but it didn't happen. We didn't It never actually come to anything. Um but we still don't know who the son is, but we will. We will find out eventually. What we I end know. up knowing, I know, right? He okay is important. So
0: then they go on a girl stuff field trip, as I call it, um, where they go get their nails done and and do stuff with Brooke. So they get yeah. to get to know each other better.
1: Yeah, and this is where Tess like fucking calls out Emily for her crush in front of Brooke, which is not, it's not, not good sister behavior. Like, that's not cool. Emily, or Tess, come Uh, But, and then, so I wrote this down too, and I guess this does kind of come back, but Brooke says to them that the most important thing that in a relationship is trust. And if you can't trust the one you love, then you have nothing. And I was like, this seems yeah. really poignant, but it, 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 like that line specifically doesn't really ever come back around, but I guess it does like later. Like it, whole- it
0: does in the way of the movie, uh with like how they set up the whole Max thing with Nigel.
1: Yeah, but we don't I wish we would have gotten like an establishing shot of like the girls saying, like, well, she did say that like trust is everything. So if we can get like if we can break her trust in our dad, then we can break them up or whatever. But they don't Which
0: like doesn't really make sense when you think about like
1: the plot right. being
0: that she's a gold digger because gold diggers wouldn't care if they're cheating or not as long yeah, as they can yeah, get the money.
1: Yeah, they, get a, they eventually are convinced that she's actually the one breaking his trust. But yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I just thought it was. Yeah, come whatever. back. Yeah, um, whatever. But uh, so after Emily, after Tess calls Emily out uh, for being in love with Brad, then Emily comes back and is like, well, you don't, you're so thick you can't even tell when someone's in love with you. And and Tess is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And Emily's just like, "Figure it out." And then sa- "Stomps away, saying she's gonna get her legs waxed." <laughs> but and then I, thought, it's, <laughs> it's funny just like, and
0: then she's like, "You don't even have hair yet."
1: <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, it, was, it was. I thought that was really cute. Uh, and then we get more Nigel stuff, which I know is your favorite. And Yay! <laughs> they're telling him how happy their dad is, and he basically he basically says to them. I don't want him to be happy because it's going to be less profitable for me. Like, Obviously, he doesn't say those words, but like he very heavily implies that to the girls. Yet they still don't see his, you know, shadiness. Well, I think it's
0: established pretty early on that they don't like Nigel, but their dad does. So they have to like put up with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. They're like, what do they say? He's like family, but the kind of family that moves in and never leaves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but like, did you ever have like friends of your parents that you really didn't like but you had to like stomach them or even family members like I have family members I
1: don't like a hundred percent a hundred percent yes that I have to be like
0: yeah but they're family I have to be nice you know even though they're not nice I have to be nice oh yeah yeah
1: I've dealt with that my whole life yeah yeah so you and I we get it the girl girlies yep. that get it, get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to that. But yes, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they, at the, and I've no and I did write down. I noted that the girls. This is like the second or third time where the girls have pointed out that like he is the one that has all this money and like for some reason he's rich, but they're not.
0: Yeah, like and then he's like, he's like, he's like, no, no, no. I have to look the part. This doesn't mean I actually have any money.
1: Yeah, uh, and then because I think at the end of this scene that we're talking about now, Nigel says something about like, I have to do this to keep you guys in your pretty little lifestyle or something. And they're like, what are you what is he talking about? Like what dad lifestyle? Look like, at us. <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> Nigel drives a like a BMW and dad still drives like a shit car. Like, what are you talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> like, so I also kind of thought that might come back. And I mean, it's just if they do in like convoluted ways, it's just it was just not super tightly tied all together but (laughs) now we get to see debbie um she meets brooke i wrote this i wrote debbie meets brooke at a store because i don't think it was established at all until later that apparently brooke owns her own eyeglass store
0: yes yes she does and she talks about that with max a little bit um i think in their first date about like my mommy say this thing like guys don't like ask out girls in glasses or something, make passes at girls with glasses. And that's why she got into doing what she is doing, which is like being an optometrist and owning her own eyeglass store.
1: Yeah, except that I think I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I only remember her seeing her wear glasses when she's at the store. When she's not at the store, I don't think she wears glasses.
0: No, she wasn't wearing glasses when she said that, which I thought was stupid. (laughs) I was like,
1: like this would have been- the best time to show, right? Brooke and glasses, right? Like they when they first meet, she's not wearing them. When she's at the spa with the girls, she's not wearing them. Like when she, she only wears them during, up-
0: yeah, when she's making money
1: off of them. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like a, it's like she's like Clark Kent. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> deep cut for Superman fans. Uh, so yes, yeah, she works at a store. So Debbie goes to meet her at her eyeglass store and. Uh, even though the movie is showing us that they're super happy and in love, uh Brooke a- or Debbie asked Brooke how it's going, and Debbie and Brooke like, I don't know, I don't fucking trust it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, she's like, I, you know, I, I don't trust that it's as good as it is or whatever. And so that's when we start to see the first cracks, and then mm-hmm. we see the rest of the cracks show up when Ryan. Is skating past and sees Nigel doing some shady shit with some people loading um trucks, right?
1: Yeah. Well, we learn we learn in that scene with Debbie and Brooke that basically Brooks ex-husband cheated on her, and yeah. he's just convinced that, that Max is gonna cheat on her, which is what that is like what specifically comes back later. But yes, um then Skater Boy. His name is not Ryan. His name is Skater Boy. I don't know who you're talking about when you say Ryan.
0: Okay, I'm uh, so sorry. Skater Boy.
1: <laughs> yes, he catches Nigel. Um, And it took me a couple of scenes of this happening for me to realize what he, like, to figure out what he's catching Nigel doing. And was, uh-huh. it, was it obvious to you? It was not obvious to me imme- immediately in this scene what Nigel was actually doing.
0: Well, I remember... I told you, the moment I put this movie on, the entire plot came flying back
1: to me. Oh, okay.
0: In which case, I absolutely knew <laughs> oh, okay. what he was yeah. catching him doing.
1: I was like, what is he doing? Is he, like, stealing his artwork? But because I was – or is he smuggling in – like, at first I thought, because it was, like, you know, sp- it looked like he was smuggling. So I was like, is he smuggling, like, like stolen artwork? From yeah, from the artists. Bahamas.
0: Like, that, this is right, an earlier yeah. thread of a, <laughs> right. of a later plot. <laughs> right.
1: No, but later, but we do learn, uh, like, officially later on that he's making fakes of, of Max's artwork and, like, selling fake artwork of Max's to other people. Yeah. Like, he's duplicating them, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's getting yeah, them was- mass
0: produced and duplicated. And then that is being sold to consumers.
1: wealthy consumers might i add i'm surprised like those wealthy consumers probably all live in the same or like all like navigate the same social circles so i'm surprised they wouldn't be like going to each other's houses and parties and stuff and being like i thought i had the one original sculpture from max tyler
0: yeah i don't know maybe maybe (laughs) nigel is more wily than we give him credit for maybe he just is like No, this one I'm going to sell to this person who doesn't get along with this other person who I also sold the same bakery, fake sculpture to, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, after Skater Boy catches him doing this, um, which he doesn't really fully understand what this means. In the moment, yes. Yeah, he hasn't like met the people. Um, But uh, then as he's like skating down the street, uh, Emily and Tess see him and dump a pot of water on him from above, uh, which
0: from Van Gogh's ear, by the way.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, (laughs) they're, you know, that's a thing that I buy that a 12, 12 year old would do. Like I probably, I don't know if I would, I would have done that, but like, I, I'm sure I had friends who would have done that. So they, he's soaking wet, uh, (laughs) from this and he's not happy about it, but then they come home and Brooke and Max are leaving for another date. It's their two month anniversary. And the girls—they're definitely them fucking. In. Yeah. Well, the girls asked them "Do you need us to give you the sex talk?" And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you Precocious. are 12 years old." Yeah. Uh, but then they reveal that Brooke's son, who they alluded to before, is coming over to hang out with them while they're all on the date, and we get the big reveal. And of course, dun dun dun. The it's Ryan, her son, is yeah. skater boy, as you, her son say. is skater boy. Uh, gasp. Uh, And he is soaking wet because the girls literally just pranked him earlier. And Brooke is like, oh, my God, what happened? Are you okay?" And he doesn't wrap them out. He covers for them. And uh, they're like really suspicious of that fact. (laughs) And then they leave. uh, They leave them with Nigel, who is just completely passed out on the couch. Yeah, a very
0: reliable parent uh, figure, that Nigel.
1: Yep. And the first thing that skater boy does when he gets in the house is he compliments their stereo system. And then they immediately just go, we have an alarm system. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that is rude. That was so rude.
0: Yeah, they they don't trust at all.
1: Yeah, no. Um, And then he and also, okay, this they also just kind of throw this line away, too. Apparently, he told the girls he grew up in foster homes. Yes. So, like, what, they're establishing that he's a pathological liar? Because I thought they were yeah, going to come back to that. Does,
0: he, yeah, he doesn't want anyone
1: to know his business, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was strange. I thought that that was also something they would come back to, but they don't. Um, <laughs> which seems to be the mantra of this movie. Uh, and then I, as he's talking in this scene, I just then started realizing that this 12-year-old boy has an eyebrow has piercing. A, oh, oh, oh.
0: that did not escape me not even for a second
1: (laughs) i he's had it the whole time i just it never really it never really hit me until they they were doing close-ups of his face talking and i was like that is a full-on eyebrow piercing see yeah
0: my whole thing was like from the beginning i was like who lets a 12 year old get an eyebrow piercing
1: why yeah yeah it was probably like a oh your parents are divorcing and we want you to like us so like i want to be the favorite parent so i'm going to give him what he wants type thing i feel well, like that it's definitely a the
0: dad it was definitely not Brooke. you know what i'm saying oh, yeah, yeah,
1: i could see that i could see that um and then they ask him why he's being so rude to them and he tells them that it's because they're like annoyingly perfect and they're like i'm not we're not perfect remember our mom died basically um and then he feels I think he feels a little bad after that. I mean, I would hope so. Unless oh, I would sociopath. hope so too. Um, and we do kind well, of Well, they get also this kinda of-
0: do a little bit of deep dive in here when they talk yeah. about like why do they care so much about the yeah. diving thing? And mm-hmm. they like open up and say, like, you know, our mom was a ballerina, this is the closest we can we can do, you know. And yeah, I, thought I, it was I did like You
1: know, I thought it was good, cute too. I did in the back of my mind think, you know, you could have. Why didn't you just join ballet? But you know, it, there is. You can get closer, but it was cute. I did. I think it was a nice May- little. Well, I think piece you can get closer.
0: I think you can get closer. Yeah, like you said, join ballet. But maybe it's one of those things that never like spoke to them. So like the real closest where they can be their authentic self while still trying to feel closer to their mom was like this athletic achievement because ballet yeah. is a
1: sport. Yeah, I thought it was it was a really nice touch. I think it really like humanized them a lot. Yeah. And added a little bit of character development. We, this is also when we learn uh, that Emily is Monster and Tess is Munchkin. Do not mix them up. Excuse Correct. me. Uh, and then uh, Skater Boy's just being a real dick and he tells them that he did decide to join the diving team so that Emily would get kicked off. Yeah. And uh, rude. But uh, we get like a tiny scene here where Brooke and uh, Max get back from their date. And Max sits on and like talks on the stairs with Skater Boy like one on one. It's really brief. I thought there was going to be more there. But he's well, just. Well, you basically can see like, them I'm
0: bond a little bit. Just like brooked it with the girls, I guess.
1: Yeah, I get, Yeah, you're right. There was like that one. Okay, yeah, the brook scene and this, they're they're a good pair. He does say something like, um, "I'm surrounded by girls all the time, so it's nice to have like a guy around." Which, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, and then Skater Boy uh, is boarding down the sidewalk, uh, the boardwalk, and stumbles upon. Oh no! Oh, see, I have. Okay, I have it written down that. Yeah, this is it's is.
0: it's. I was wrong. This like oh, okay. I I was wrong because I mistook. One of my notes for that. And then I see oh, okay. that I have it later on. Like, Ryan sees Nigel arguing um, with the people who are shipping or transporting these fakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's when this happens. And then uh, we see Nigel meeting Brooke. This this part, I was like, I didn't know where this was going. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, why is Nigel meeting Brooke at her work? Um. And this is where he basically goads her into saying things that he will later, that he will record and then later doctor to make her sound like a bad person and then plant it so that the the girls think that they're overhearing it for the first time through that intercom as they established with the spying before. Uh, It's kind of a little convoluted, but it it was actually a solid plan. I'll give yeah. You Nigel has it was pop, a pretty summer
0: here. yeah. Um, and then Nigel sets up a woman to show up on this stu- at the studio for some like yes. modeling, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and then sets it up to make it look like a date, and in and, and has the girls invite Brooke over as if their dad is asking Brooke over, so that she like just happens in on this tawdry yeah. affair looking well, situation. This is,
1: this is after after the the girls hear this fake conversation and Nigel on has intercom, like, yeah. convinced yeah and has convinced them that Brooke is like this gold digging um, girl who wants to send them away to a boarding school and have Max all herself and like move to a house in Italy without them. Correct. Um, so the girls, because of this the girls have decided to help Nigel break up their mom and, or their dad and Brooke. Um, and that that's how they that's why they get Brooke to come and like, quote unquote, catch their dad with a model. But because it's a Mary Kate Nash movie, she's never actually nude. She's just like wearing a robe.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: there's like, like, oh, yes,
0: I'm going to open my robe type situation. But there's never any. We, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh Yeah, Ryan, and then she like kisses
1: him on the cheek or something, and yeah. then he you hear him say, anything for a Nigel.
0: <laughs> yes. And then uh well, and the thing is like Nigel's like, no, 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 no. She needs the visa, she's a countryman. You know, I have to do this for my countrymen. And I'm like, okay, Nigel. Yeah. Um Ryan finds out about the alleged cheating at his mom's place of work. And yeah. Nigel realizes that Brooke has broken up with Max, and he goes, I've got my tortured soul back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that this man's life goal is to make him the one person who he represents professionally just absolutely miserable. So
0: Yeah, and then we get the final swim meet, right? Yes. And Dad is not at the swim meet because he's a tortured artist now again, a tortured soul, and he's just working away in his little studio. And Ryan shows up when it's his turn and goes, can't do it, dude. I got a tattoo.
1: Dr. Oh my Sorters. God, I lost it. I was like, <laughs> this kid, who I, because he has an eyebrow piercing, I did believe for a second that he actually got a tattoo. <laughs> so I was very happy to find out that it was fake. But I was like what tattoo artists in their right mind would tattoo a 12-year-old? Especially, I do not believe that there was anyone over 18 or any parental figure that would have come with him and given consent. So I was like, I had a freak out for a I second. mean,
0: one of them is heartbroken, and the other one is getting remarried.
1: Yeah, either way, I like don't pa- think either parental of parental have- figures, <laughs> I mean. Right, right. Maybe the dad, because we don't know anything about him except that he cheated on Brooke, so... But so Emily has to
0: like get up there and dive, right? And so she saves the day with eights all across.
1: Yes, like we, like I alluded to earlier, even though it's alluded earlier in the movie that she's possibly the worst person on the team, she goes up, does the hardest dive, and then gets the best score and wins the team for them, wins the meet for them. So
0: it's very winning London.
1: Yeah. And also maybe
0: the challenge. Although she didn't cheat her way through it.
1: Yeah, in, well like true. But you
0: know, but in winning London, she's like she, she's like the star even though she wasn't supposed to be.
1: Yeah. And then this is where we get that really fucking creepy smile um that she gives cuz <laughs> she comes out of she comes out of the pool and Brad like picks her up under her armpits and like gives her a kiss on the cheek and she just like looks like she Transcends this. Yeah, transcended Earth. to a different plane and then looks directly at the camera and gives the creepiest smile I've ever seen in my entire life. And it will haunt me until I die.
0: Yeah. I, I can see that. <laughs> you can see that.
1: <laughs> and then the girls go to the sandwich shop with Skater Boy afterwards, um, after they've won. And Emily calls him out for lying about the tattoo and then like shows that he never actually got it. And I was like, I can breathe a sigh of relief. Correct. That this 12 year old did not get a tattoo. I also was kind of curious what the tattoo would have been. I kind of wish I knew, but whatever.
0: It would have said mom, <laughs> you know, like one of those mom yeah, right. tattoos.
1: <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> and then they, I was surprised that they were able to like the girls and, and skater boy were able to like hang out and talk normally for a hot second before they started arguing piecing about their parents.
0: It, well, and piecing it together too, right? So that's yeah. the other point.
1: Yeah, so they like immediately realize that Nigel's been lying to them. Um, and because he's like, what are you talking about? My Nigel convinces the girls that that Brooke has been ex uh, has three ex-husbands. She's been married three times and divorced three times. And it was all to like steal their money so that she could open her store. And they say this to, to skater boy. And he's like, what are you talking about? My mom's only been married to one married once to my, and that was to my dad. And like, she, this store is doing really well. Like she has enough money. She doesn't need your dad's money. And so then they were like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. Nigel. Mm -hmm. And then skater boy's like, Oh, you know what? It is Nigel. And I can show you why. And then he goes and shows them the, you know, where Nigel was smuggling the fake artwork and catches him in the act again with the girls this time. Well, so then, which is where
0: Cody comes in.
1: Yes. This this was a cute scene. Oh, I um, know, it's so cute. <laughs> I squealed. Tess goes to find I know, it's so adorable. Tess goes to find Cody, which I don't think we actually fully established this early on, but Cody is like in love with Tess. Um, he yeah, and she's trying- the only
0: one who doesn't know.
1: Yeah, so um he like got her uh, like tickets to a No Doubt concert. Like he's trying, been trying all these things to get her to notice him, and it's just not been successful. But Tesco's to find him to help out with this mission that they have to expose Nigel, and he's wearing a leather jacket, and so she immediately assumes that he's going through an entire identity crisis. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's like all punk.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, guys, if you're wearing a leather jacket, that must mean that you're just, you're going through an identity crisis. That's obviously. the. Oh, no, no, no. He has a draw. full,
0: like, full on just nose ring that I don't think was there in the beginning.
1: Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, he did. I forgot yeah. about the nose ring. You're right. <laughs> so anyway, he he confides, like, so he thinks that she's Emily. And it took me a second because I actually thought it was Emily, too, because, like, they've had it, they've established that Emily's narrating this entire movie. And so when they get there, it's like, it's narrating from Emily's perspective. And it's like narrating about how he has a leather jacket and that like, it's weird that he's wearing a leather jacket and that he must be going through an identity crisis. That's all the narration. And so I definitely thought it was Emily too. (laughs) Um, And he confides in her thinking that she's Emily because Emily knows that he's in love with Tess. And... And he's like, I've tried everything to get Tess to like me, but it's not working. And it's like obvious that she likes bad boys. So, like, that's why I'm dressed up like this and blah, blah, blah. And Tess just looks at him and she goes, I'm Tess. <laughs> and he's like, I'm dead. And it's the cutest thing. I shrieked. I, I did squeal when she said, I'm Tess. I was like, what? <laughs> i did not know i had no idea it got you it got you the movie (laughs) gotcha yeah they they got me i love a good like covert twin switch that you're not expecting uh and then she she kisses him on the cheek and uh it was really cute and he transcends just like emily did (laughs) yeah thankfully not as creepily as emily did but at least he at least his crush is appropriate. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so um they get some recording equipment because remember, he's loaded. And they go yeah. and record Nigel and then they remix it just in time for the dad's art show party.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. Uh uh, so they yeah, they're they're doing an art show at the studio slash house. I think that it's just the same place. And um Emily shows Nigel a sketch of Max's new piece. Yeah, uh, which, I, which I thought
0: that was like something they could have done earlier to catch
1: him in the act and not,
0: you know, like it's just weird.
1: Yeah, I was also confused because I'm like, is this new piece like supposed to be his happy directional type, like happy piece? Or is it or like his his a fake sketch?
0: Piece? You know, like yeah. what is it?
1: Yeah, because at I, I, first I thought it was a fake sketch. I was like, oh, they drew this and like give it to him. And, but then he was like, this is amazing. And I'm like, there's absolutely no way that the girls drew something that was so convincing that Nigel thought that it was like one of the best pieces of artwork he'd ever seen in his life.
0: That or he only saw the dollar signs because he's like, I can get this to my supplier quickly and I don't even have to wait until Max finishes his piece for me to get my pieces, (laughs) you know?
1: Right, yeah. So after he sees this fake new piece, or maybe real new piece, I don't know, uh, Nigel calls the smuggler and tells him to meet them at the place before. And so then that's when they show up with audio equipment. Yeah. So that's how they get him to, like, go and do that. And catch. And they catch him saying that he's selling knockoffs and that he might not even need Max anymore when if he can sell as many knockoffs as he has been or something. I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah, this is like to catch a killer. Like, it's very complex. <laughs>
1: It is. It is kind of uh, a bit much, but we're back at the art show. People are excited about the new artwork and Nigel's like literally singing about how rich he's going to get off of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Max is just depressed AF sitting in his office trying to call Brooke and she's not picking up because she thinks he cheated on her. And I don't know if you noticed this. You probably did. But there's a little picture, a framed picture of a ballerina behind him on on his desk. Yeah, it's super cute. That was really good touch. And then uh, Nigel goes down to the party or gets Max. He like goes to get Max and like come down, have him come down to the party to give speech. Uh, And the girls catch him and try to get him to listen to this recording that they caught of Nigel saying he's making knockoffs. But he's like, I'll do it later. I'm too busy. I'll do it later. And so because they can't get him to listen, they just, you know, hijack the microphone and play it on the beatbox. Or on the, uh, not the beatbox,
0: on the the boombox. On the sound system
1: yeah (laughs) i don't know why i said beatbox anyway beatbox uh, i mean there i think yeah whatever yeah but this is yeah this is where we find out that cody remixed the tape
0: (laughs) i thought it was so cute it was beautiful guys i no notes
1: yeah it was like that you know that thing, um, the news interview where the guys like they're coming in your windows and they're taking your girls or whatever, and they, oh, no, no, no. they're
0: not hide your kids, hide your wives, yeah, yes,
1: yes, and they made that into like a viral song. That's what it it was yeah. giving those type of vibes. I was like, this is this is a bop.
0: <laughs> it was ahead of its time, is what
1: it was. Yeah. You know, because yes. hide your
0: kids, hide your wives, that was like the two
1: thousands. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember it very fondly. Although, I I don't want to listen to it again because it'll get stuck in my head forever. <laughs> well, but it's that where... or Baby Shark
0: for me, so maybe I need two kids, two ones.
1: Yeah, just get get Olivia into that instead, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Make not that Baby Shark song.
1: Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, she asks for it every day. Every. Singleton.
1: Maybe you can make some sort of like really? collaboration, like a Hydro Kids, Hydro Wives um, version Baby Shark. of Baby Shark.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. I'll let uh, Pink Fong know the, the studio behind Baby Shark. Anyway. Amazing.
1: So yes, this is- Let's where, so us continue. Max confronts Nigel after hearing the recording and Nigel just really shows his ass. And uh, Max gets so pissed off because Nigel like starts bad mouthing the girls- and he's like, "Don't talk shit about my daughters." And he throws him into a cake. Yeah. Um. And I just gotta say, this whole scene, some really, really, I, I, and no, no beef with the actor who plays Nigel, but this was some really bad acting on Nigel's part in this scene. I could not. It was well. Just, also,
0: the like and drop the accent. Everyone knows you're from New Jersey. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: That part was, yeah. I mean, but the whole scene was kind of just, like, difficult to watch. Which it makes very- it
0: even funnier when he she's talking about, like, the, the model being one of his countrymen and needs oh, a visa. Yeah.
1: Hilarious. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I don't understand why he wouldn't have said something about him being from New Jersey then, but sure. Yeah. Well,
0: because Max was still being like, oh, Nigel is so, like, kooky, but, like, he's been probably, like, yeah one of my longest friends or whatever. Like we also see that a little bit in when in Rome, right? Like with the other bad guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. In the original ending, should we add, not in the original ending.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So after this whole confrontation, Nigel's out of the picture, thank God. But Max takes the girls to the boardwalk, to the beach. And he tells the girls that he's not mad at them for interfering with him and Brooke's relationship. And that him and Brooke just must not have been meant to be. And he swears off women entirely, but promises to spend more time with the girls. And they're like, we just can't have this. We need to fuck up our dad's life. Well, not fuck up. We need to uh, mess around in our dad's life again.
0: <laughs> well, I think they're just like, hmm, maybe him spending too much time with us. Not a cool thing if we want more freedom. In this life, they, you know,
1: I didn't, I didn't get that. That would be the logical place to go, but they don't really say anything about that. But I mean, it would make sense if that's what they were thinking. I just didn't get the inkling from the actual. It's movie what I this.
0: was thinking, honestly. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would. I was what I would be thinking too, for sure. uh So the girls get Skater Boy to bring his mom to come and talk to them, so that they can like fi- start fixing this. And we don't see how they fix it until they come back home and turn on the news and show their dad that someone went on like up to his billboard and crossed out the the personal ad and just wrote taken and just think about the timeline here this billboard has been like this for how long because it was enough for him and Brooke at to go on at least 2 months yeah <laughs> enough for him and Brooke to go on at least 7 dates we have um no but they they had a
0: 2 month anniversary so at least oh, 2 you're months you're
1: right You're right. I forgot that they specifically said two-month anniversary. So yeah, that's been up forever. I just cannot... And like all these random... That or
0: Brooke just redid the billboard so that she could write back.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. She just like rewrote the whole thing so that she could just cross it out and write taken on it. And And put some glasses on him. (laughs) Right. Yes. I was going to say that. This part was actually really cute where he, he gets angry and he's like... I. You know, girls, I told you to never, ever do anything like this ever again. They're like, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. And then he looks closer and sees that the picture of him on the billboard has glasses drawn over it. And he immediately smiles and knows it was Brooke. And it was really cute.
0: That was super cute. I will say.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, that was a good touch. And then Brooke shows up and they make up and they kiss in front of her adorable little red bug. Yeah, Um,
0: that's how you know she's a little kooky is because she has a red VW bug. You know, like she's a little... I love those cars. Yeah, no, but she's like, it's supposed to be like, your your romantic heroine is a little kooky or like, she's a little unexpected. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think it's just, it's just adorable. And so they're they're all happy happily ever after and then we end with well it's not exactly the full ending but we we see all the kids on the beach and this is like I think that they've broken the fourth wall a little bit in this movie um but, but like, this is it's the first time yeah. yeah this is like a big full breaking the fourth wall cuz the kids are sitting on the um on the beach just looking directly at the camera and saying like you know and everybody lived happily ever after including me and like cody's like I, even me and even unless you know you know Tess you want to tell me something she's like no don't worry you're happy and then cody tries to put her his arm around her and then and she's she like not it that off. happy yeah she pushes off and she's like no not that <laughs> but um and i love how skater boy was like happy is bad for my image so just don't tell anyone but i'm happy too <laughs> It's too cute,
0: I thought it was really cute, and then I for you know, for shits and giggles, we get Nigel selling art tapestry of dogs playing um, I don't know, okay. cards, yeah, in the boardwalk I,
1: well, he keeps he like he's yelling like original artwork, original artwork, and I'm just like, I wish the the movie had made it more clear whether or not that is actually original artwork or if he's still like taking. No, he's definitely peddling.
0: It's it's definitely peddling like. Yeah, I
1: mean it's implied, but it wasn't like super obvious. Anyway, and then we end on their new happy family: Brooke, Dad, girls, skater, boy, all happily rollerblading down the boardwalk together.
0: Beautiful, chef's kiss.
1: The end. All right, but the real question on everyone's
0: lips is: What does our resident white man think of this movie?
1: I always want to (laughs) know.
0: I always want to know, and it's always a revelation. (laughs) Right. So let's give a voice to the voiceless in our segment that y'all should know by now, White Man's Corner, where my husband, I am legally contractually obligated to say that every single episode, (laughs) who has never watched any of these movies ever in his life, even though he's a millennial, but, you know, he wasn't the target audience, um, gives us his take is the best way to describe this yeah. on the yeah. movie. All right, let's do it.
2: Hi, everybody. Um, as I've listened back to some old episodes, it occurs to me that um, I sniffle a lot. That's because we have a almost two-year-old in daycare who brings home a new and exciting malady every three to four days, and we catch them all. And that's the only reason they sniffle. It's not... I know it sounds like an old Neil Young interview, but it's not for that reason. So, my apologies. Okay. So this is the youngest I've ever seen the twins in a movie, and I'm interested to see how this goes. And this is the most square-jawed butch dad we've ever seen in one of these movies, and he's an artist, so uh, hubba-hubba and whatnot. Uh, The plot of this movie is going to be the girls getting their dad married off, I guess. And the agent seems to be pretty crooked. I'm going to age myself here as I usually do, but I actually had a checkbook for a while, and while debit card uh, until debit cards became more widely accepted, I don't miss them at all one bit. And um, balancing the checkbook was just a huge pain in the ass. I I really like this sort of artsy beachside milieu. It kind of reminds me of the Gilmore Girls with suntans. And I just saw clearly Canadian bottle. I wonder what those tasted like. They always look really syrupy and unappealing to me. But my sister really liked them. So I guess I should ask her. I really kind of hope that the dad winds up with the diner lady. They have nice chemistry and she seems cool. And maybe I'm still in my Gilmore Girls uh, mode. (laughs) I uh, just had a shivering wave of parental concern at the twins deciphering the personals in an alt-weekly for a Southern California beachside community there are so many things they are definitely too young to know about in those ads and um, isn't this the same premise basically as Sleepless in Seattle Adrienne have we watched that and if not why not because Nora Ephron is goaded listener you may not believe this but I didn't do a lot of dating in the 90s the first lady he goes on a date with should be more careful about mixing her meds and alcohol. Also, you have to stick with the meds so they can do their work. And Listen, I shouldn't be giving medical advice, but neither should Dr. Phil. So here we are. The burka and hairy armpit jokes fall really flat. It's yep. gross. A thing I don't miss about the 90s is how the clothes were in really shitty colors. Ugh. Um, the score gets a little too saccharine for my taste. They like to just lean it on too thick. Adrian and I got our meal comp on our first date, so this is a very auspicious sign to me in my personal cosmology. Mm-hmm. Is the whole wait three th- days before calling a thing? Is that still a thing, or have, is that just how we rolled as millennial fuckboys? Um, I personally have received this advice from the movie Swingers, if that's any indication of its value. Um, Dad is forklift certified, and they really should have led with that one on the personal ad. <coughs> Brooks' optometrist shop has the eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg over her door. Does this portend tragedy? Ryan, the punk kid, looks like a younger version of Dexter from The Offspring, and there's a band that personifies the concept of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. Seems like, a med- like metal sculptures from a living artist would be too hard to forge, no pun intended. Did Nigel just pull out a bottle of screw-top wine? My bad, he did not. I miss those ocean spray cranberry drinks the girls have. They also have these little hard candies that were so good, and I I would kill for some right now. Seriously, Nigel, what's the plan here? All Dad has to do is look at one of these factory-produced statues and say, I didn't make that. Because, you know, honestly, he would know. And then flooding the market <laughs> with forgeries would just drive the price down on all of his work, resulting in less money for Nigel. So, some real galaxy brain shit he cooked up there. That.
1: It is true. Was I it didn't necessary think about
2: to that. put Nigel explaining his scheme to a beat? Yeah, that, that just seems I, like I it lads a, a layer Please. of artificiality and doubt to the whole proceeding. I also found the climax of the Nigel plot to be kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> I really didn't need to see an unhoused person eating from a trash can as like local color or set oh, yeah. dressing or whatever. I forgot. It's beyond it. disgusting that we even allow that in real life, much less in a kids' movie. Yeah, that was this bad. is a pretty slight movie and it falls into the no harm, no foul territory for me. 90 minutes is a great runtime and most movies don't have any business going on longer than that. So, you know, listen to me, Hollywood.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, there was that shot of that homeless guy eating out of the trash can. Like it was like a hard cut from, they were like, Oh, well you will never guess what Nigel's doing these days at the end. and, before it cuts to him yeah before it cuts to him trying to sell the the dog playing poker tapestry like focuses on a homeless man eating out of a trash can who is it's a white man so i was like at first i was like are they trying to like fake us out that nigel is like a homeless is homeless and eating out of a trash can now but it was like this man looks absolutely 100 percent nothing like nigel so what's the point of this but they like linger on him for a long time
0: they, they have a lot of lingering shots in a lot of this uh, movie. There's one that I'm thinking about, The Swim meet. There's a very much lingering shot on like this kid who goes right before Emily. And it's like, oh, yeah. The shot, yeah. At, I kid you not, is more than like your standard three second shot. And right. we thought for sure that he was going to chicken out or something was going to
1: happen that I didn't remember. It's just. No, he just dives. Yeah. Well, they also, they show that that guy that does right, that dives right before Emily. I also was confused because he does like a back handspring off the thing into a dive. And so uh-huh. I thought that she was going to have to do that. I thought they were doing the same dive. So when she goes Me up too. and she does like a normal dive, I was like, what was the point oh. of that? Yeah. No, I don't know, man. It's so weird.
0: Yes. Ooh. Well, so what did you think about our resident white man?
1: I mean, yeah, he had some some things that I didn't think about and some things I agreed with for sure. I I mean, he hasn't had that hot of a take, uh, like uh, apart from what I believe since the challenge. I still have beef with him (laughs) over the boyfriend scene. But, you know, his his uh, takes were more mild comparatively to mine. Although he did say this was a like, better film i also which i i don't know if i would agree with also did he say that this is he said this is the youngest he'd seen the girls but yeah i think this and this and passport to paris were both 1998 and i don't know which one came out first but i I feel like they looked younger in passport to paris
0: no billboard dad came out first
1: really okay i just feel like they looked younger in passport to paris
0: yeah because passport to paris i believe was released on like
1: december or november Okay, because this movie is a November movie. Let me double check. This movie is November Uh, 10th.
0: November 10th. So,
1: please hold. Okay, yes, we confirmed. Passport to Paris came out in 1999. Billboard Dad came out in 1998. So, it is, they are younger in this one, which surprised me.
0: Yeah. All right. So, all of that being said, let's get to the real important stuff. In our segment that we call Feminism One Hundred and One, a pass/fail course, did this movie, "Billboard Dad," pass the Bechdel test? Yes, no, and why? I vote yes. Okay, you can vote. <laughs>
1: uh, can you give me? <laughs> and then a we can specific, talk about it. Can you give me a specific reason?
0: Well, I vote yes because they are not wholly preoccupied by their own love lives they are yes preoccupied by a love life but that's their dad
1: yeah that was my (laughs) question i was like well what counts because technically i think every single conversation had to do with romantic partners and relationships and love whether they're talking about their own or not so i mean if it if the bar is that they can't that like in order to pass they just have to not talk about their own love lives then yes well it they has. don't talk about like
0: boys that much and also they they do it as a means to an end when it comes to their dad of like dad isn't happy look at him he's a mess yeah, you but it's know, all about like, but it's like it's it's very simplistic logic. I'm not going to say that yeah. it's not,
1: but it's Well, yeah, it's all about f- their helping their dad find love though. Like it, it it's all of all of their dad-centric stuff is about making sure that he finds someone to be ha- like to be in love with. Um and while they're not talking about their own relationships, they are talking about his relationships. I will say, however, that Brooke and Debbie 100% do not pass the Becktold's. Oh no. <laughs> but I'm talking about the girls. Let's yeah. uh, and yes. they also have different, like, I don't think that Emily- they pass,
0: but <laughs> Emily has other interests as well. Like she loves surfing and, uh, Tess likes the diving. Emily does the diving, although she's there for the hunk, <laughs> you
1: know, the hunkosaurus.
0: Yeah. But, but a lot of
1: the, a lot of the like conversations that Debbie and, or that Debbie, that Emily and Tess have together are like about Brad or Cody, you know, like i just feel yeah i mean they have other interests they show that but i don't think that they talk about it i think a lot of what they talk well, you know it's, it's a
0: it's a hard it's a hard pass it's very barely a pass but it's yeah. only a pass yeah. because it is basically the narrative center of the story for me at least
1: yeah yeah i'm i'm not a hundred percent concerned convinced they pass, but i can i will g- give it that So what was your favorite girl power scene in this movie? Mine was the part at the end where Tess is like, trust me, you're happy after. And then Cody tries to put his arm around her and she goes, not that happy. (laughs) It was giving like it was giving like a kind of Layla in When in Rome vibes a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And she's my icon, even though I hated that movie. I love how it's like, I hated that movie, but
0: what I got out
1: of it was my icon. Yeah. Layla is is an icon. So if anything, that movie gave us Layla. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: I don't really have like a favorite like girl power scene okay. other than like basically getting Nigel like busted, <laughs> you know, like. Yes, yeah, that's good. That's pretty iconic. It is. Yeah, for sure agreed oh and you know also knowing that they messed up and they oh brooke an apology and all that good stuff you know like that's that's yeah. good character development
1: for me. yeah i thought the girls were all right um,
0: so speaking of boys uh who are you crushing on <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean i i didn't really I'm, I'm being dad but like that's just me yeah i didn't really find the guy who plays the dad like personally very attractive. Otherwise that if he was like a hunk, I would, I would like in my eyes, I would have been like him for sure. So I just went with like the perspective of, I think when I was 12, I would have found skater boy really attractive. Cause that was kind of like my type. And Ooh, he, looks, you he like- looks like, yeah, I was gonna say, he looks like someone out a simple plan. He really does look like a, a member of simple plan. Uh, and so I, I was really into that back then. <laughs>
0: Did, did you want to say see you later, boy?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, for our next segment, Fashionista versus Fashion Victim. Mm-hmm. Who was your fashion victim and who is your fashionista? So Wait, my fashion, moment.
1: Yeah, my fashionista <laughs> is actually every hairstyle that they had in this movie, honestly. The cutest hairstyles. Yeah, their hair was on point, whatever, whoever their hairstylist was for this film, props to you. I loved every single hairstyle they had in this movie. It was so iconically 90s and just, but like in the best way. And I loved it. So that was my Mm -hmm, fashionista. mm -hmm. Uh, And then I also, especially um, the hairstyles I loved paired with the blue and pink round sunglasses that they, that they also wear in Passport to Paris. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, agree. I, I, agree. I loved it. That iconic shot. I think one of the more like re- memorable shots from this movie is them, like, with their cute little Honestly, 90s, styles wearing those.
0: I am going to be super controversial. My fashionista moment was not of the girls at all. Oh, that's right. the it? slutty slight side slit dress. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I was like, that is an iconic dress, first of all. And also, like, it was just like a short, like, it was like a mini dress that had slits on the sides. Yeah. So it was like super like, ooh. Yeah. Look at this like sexy lady type of uh dress without being like coarsish. You know. Yeah. looked um, good. I know. I call it a, this movie. Yeah. I I know I call it a slutty side slip, but yeah. I mean it with love, all the love in the world. My fashion victim moment goes to a tie between Ryan, your skater boy, mm-hmm. and uh, the lady, the first lady who sh- first shows up after the ad.
1: Oh lady. yeah,
0: like, they did her so dirty. So you costume. were just like
1: really not feeling the punk, um, the punk dress in here.
0: I love punk, honestly. I love punk dressing. I love punk, pop punk. I love punk rock. I love all of it. It's just it did not do well in this film. It was like a costume rather than a movement.
1: Okay. I could see that. I, I thought they styled Skater Boy pretty good for like what he was, I do think it's a bit extreme to have a 12 year old boy have beach bottle bottle, blonde platinum hair and an eyebrow piercing. Uh, I would like to know
0: which toner he used because that was toned really well.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That, that
0: that bleach blonde is a hard one to keep from turning brassy, especially when you're getting like assaulted with mineral rich water on all fronts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, his hair was pretty cool, actually. I I don't know. I just I thought they styled him pretty well. I do think it was whack every time he would go into the pool wearing either jeans and or combat boots, but whatever. But my fashion victim was um, something that I think it was Emily was wearing this uh, and she was wearing these like really super, super skin tight. Like at first I thought they were Bermuda shorts. Um, They were white. Do you remember these what I'm talking about?
0: which scene um,
1: there were a couple scenes um because the first time i saw her wearing them i was convinced they were bermuda shorts because it looked like they stopped above the knee mm-hmm. and so because her thighs are a little bit longer too um like it was they were they were the bermuda shorts do not look good on the majority of people in the world correct so, and we were obsessed with them and then yes. late 90s how i had a couple how, pairs guys? i had a couple i had of so pairs. many pairs because I mainly bought them for functional reasons because I never wear shorts because I hate chafing and I have not been able to find a good product that stops me, like my thigh shaving. Um, So no, I just okay, wear, okay. I just wear like pants or capris in the summer because I cannot deal with it. I hate it okay, so much. side
0: question and I, you know, you don't have to answer it and I can cut it out if you want me to. Have you tried uh, the Dove stick deodorant for that? Yeah. Like,
1: yes. Like
0: normal yeah. deodorant.
1: I've tried multiple different types of deodorant, probably also including Dove. I, I have like special chafing creams. It, it and th- but it, it's really it's just not worth the hassle. Um, because huh. even if it okay. does work, okay. it only works for like a couple of hours and you always sweat it off no matter what and you have to reapply. And it's just it's just not worth it. But so De- I thought- yeah,
0: Dove Dove was the only thing that ever worked for me.
1: I am I'm, I'm sure I've tried it. I just gave up trying a long time ago. No, I got gotcha. you. No, no,
0: it's fine. I'm sorry. Um, but Continue. I
1: would wear I wore Bermuda shorts a lot back when they were, you know, popular because they were I was able to like wear they were like the shortest pants you could wear that didn't make your thighs chafed. Um but now looking back on it, it, they were so awful. Like they did not look good at all. They they're bad. They do not look good. Um, Guys, so, but, I thought so, I was really
0: doing something and it, I was not uh,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I
0: was what like, I was hey. doing was looking terrible.
1: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, just d- decide whether or not you want to be wearing shorts or capris. Do not wear Bermuda shorts. It, and so when I thought that she was wearing Bermuda shorts, I was like, these are awful. And then later in another scene, she's wearing them again, but they, they, for some reason this time go right underneath her kneecap. And so I'm like, okay, so I guess th- they are capris um but they still were bad so I was not a fan of those and then I had an honorable mention to the dress that Tess is wearing at the art show uh at the end because it's like this pink this it's a really gross shade of pink too which is weird coming for me because I love pink um and it's like a mixture between floral and cheetah print and it just has like a big black x on her chest do you know what I'm talking do you remember the one I'm talking about I vaguely continue. Um just vaguely. So that alone, all that stuff was unflattering, but the but the cut of the dress just looked really bad on her. It was not a good cut. It made it was so unflattering uh and it made her look just really odd. And so I was like, what is this dress? So that was my honorable mention.
0: Okay. Gotcha, gotcha,
1: gotcha. Yeah.
0: I found what I wanted to say about the pop punk type uh, Oh. Go ahead. Thing, right. My culture is not your costume. Moving on. Um,
1: <laughs> Good. Good. Good.
0: Does this movie, Billboard Dad, stand the test of time? I'm going to say yes. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to yeah. say yes. I, I think
1: love the cheesiness. I'm sorry. I just do. We have such polar opposite opinions of this entire movie. <laughs> uh, no, this movie does not stand the test of time, Adri. Okay? Especially... <laughs> Especially with all the the dating apps and online dating that people do today. There is not a world today where anyone would be willing to have their personal, their their photo and address on a billboard for over two months to try and get dates. Um, I'm not saying that he would be okay with it. I'm saying I would still watch this no one would ever put a personal ad on a billboard full stop like he would have that shit taken down immediately if his kids did that right now because that is a huge violation of privacy and safety concern Um uh, it was back then too I still but love you know
0: it. i still love it um, i still
1: love it i'm sorry i still love yeah. it. yeah plus also the the racist jokes really fell flat but
0: yeah well you know <laughs> In my mind, I already edited them out of my viewing experience, so. Yeah.
1: I'm not willing to overlook them. This movie was not that good. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Anyway. Exactly.
0: Let's go back to the future. Let's talk about the media we've been consuming in the present, in 2024. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Do you want me to go first? You can go first. I'm still laughing. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> well, it, listeners, uh, just in case you aren't aware, it's actually been a, a hot minute since we've recorded. Um, uh, so also, uh,
0: I've been sick for the entirety <laughs> of the time we haven't recorded.
1: Yeah, we've had to we've had to cancel a couple times here and there for illnesses, and and you know, life gets in the way sometimes. So uh, we, it's been a while, which means I've had a lot of time, and I've consumed a lot of new media in the in the time okay we've, so i'm gonna try, take I'm us gonna through go, it i'm gonna go through pretty quickly i'm gonna try not to talk for two hours just about this but so i um let's start with the bear loved it watched it in its entirety a couple weekends ago uh it is a lot more wholesome than i was ever expecting it to be and um it's great i uh i, I love it and it deserves all the you know praise it's been getting uh and then saltburn i decided to finally watch that movie because it's been getting a lot of like buzz uh and i know all a ton of people who've just talked about it incessantly that's the one with jacob Elordi. um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's like the bathtub scene and like the grave scene if you know what you know it's it's disturbing it's one of those movies the entire time you watch it literally the entire time you're just like what the fuck is going on what the fuck is going on the entire time until the very end okay uh, I did not fine. watch either of these, but, you know. Oh, go watch The Bear. Oh, watch The Bear for sure. You can skip Saltburn. Saltburn's not that good. But go watch The Bear. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then Understood. this one, you'll be very excited about this. Um, I started Sex in the City yesterday. <gasps> what? Yes. You've never <laughs> I watched it. I was going to text you, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait until we're on the pod. <laughs> So that so you could get this what for me? I know I knew you'd be so excited, but yes, I am in season two because those episodes are like okay. twenty five minutes long, and there's only twelve yes, episodes yes. in the first season, so they're correct, super easy correct. to get through very quickly. um But yes, I am in season two. I am liking it. There, I have some. You know, I'm I'm I don't love Mr. Big all the time, and like the the decisions they make around that, and I think Carrie. I feel like, like
0: you're not supposed to though. You yeah, know what I'm that's saying? True. Like, that's true. Carrie, okay, so so the thing for me that I always have to keep in mind when watching Sex yeah. in the City is the following, and mm-hmm. I want everyone to listen to this. Um, Carrie is not supposed to be an aspirational character. Okay. You're not supposed to like her. Okay. She is <laughs> like, um, to me, she is like a Breaking Bad, you know, like, okay. like, like that an anti-hero, anti-hero <laughs> type. Okay. Character, um, Miranda is the only character worth worth saving. Although I do love Samantha and Charlotte to different degrees, uh, I have my issues with Charlotte, and I think it's mostly because she reminds me of me. And you know how we love to hate ourselves in characters when we see ourselves on characters. You know, especially yeah. the parts that we don't love about ourselves. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. um, and also, Mr. Big is not super supposed to be, especially in the beginning, something that we should aspire to. That is my soapbox. Continue.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I was just (laughs) going to say that like when you, I know that like, because the, the show is in the perspective of Carrie, like people are, it's kind of like a given that you're supposed to like, like her and agree with her most of the time. And like, she's like the main focus, but I do think if you like, sometimes I'm watching it and I'm like, from the outside, like, if you're not so deep in her perspective, like, if you were in, if you lived in the show and you're watching her actions from, like, across the street um, and not, like, invested in them, she's kind of insane. Like, she she, she make some very questionable decisions. She's a real uh, see you next Tuesday, if you know what I mean. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what what that do you mean?
0: mean you don't know what that means? What does it mean? Sound it out, Helene.
1: See you next oh, Tuesday. Never, <laughs> never heard that before in my life. It's like, if you see Kamee, <laughs> but not. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> uh, this is the most unhinged episode we have ever <laughs> recorded. Oh, and that is saying a lot. Especially because uh, New York Minute was the most unhinged movie in the world. Uh, yeah, so I okay. I don't know if I would go as, as far as to call her that, but maybe I will agree with you eventually. There's oh, many you more will. seasons oh. left.
0: Oh you, <laughs> if if at the end of this you do not agree with me on this, I don't know where we where our friendship
1: Yeah. Well, I mean I have be. I think there's like six seasons of the show and then two movies and then just like that and just like that or whatever. So Yeah, I haven't no,
0: started, and just like that, maybe we can start it together.
1: How about oh, that? That would, that would be fun. Yeah. By the time I'm, you know, I'll let you know when I'm when I get to that. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I think there's only two seasons of that, but I don't know. So anyway, yes, yes uh, that's how I'm feeling about Carrie at the moment. Like sometimes she'll do something. I'm like, like she like stalks Mr. Big all the time. I'm like, girl, you are insane. Like she goes to church where Mr. Big is taking his mom to church when he specifically asks her to like not meet his mom yet. Cause he's not ready. And she like all these things. I'm like, girl, you need to chill. So that's kind yeah. of how I'm feeling about her at the moment. And I will say I, and you can tell me if you don't agree, but I think I'm probably a Miranda.
0: Yeah. Um, that is, yeah. that It was never a question in my mind. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm probably a Miranda. However, I, in some ways, like, aspire to be a Charlotte. So. I
0: am definitely a Charlotte and I fucking hate it. So that's where <laughs> your aspirations will take you.
1: It's <laughs> just like, like, Charlotte is just like the cute, like, Charlotte's kind of like the Rose, right? Like, she's a cute, naive, like, um yeah like, like
0: me dumb uh, yeah and,
1: but but she's she's like a serial monogamist and i yeah. aspire to be that one day um you'll see but, um you'll you'll see what
0: life brings charlotte and you'll see if you want to be like her anyway okay.
1: So yeah, um, okay. so, that, so Sex in the City, that's a big one. And then also, uh, just honorable mention really fast, I won't get into it, but uh, because uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard has been in the news so much because she got released from prison, I um, have been kind of back into being kind of obsessed with that uh, true crime uh, thing. So I rewatched The Act on Hulu, which is like the mini series with Joey King. Um, I had seen mm-hmm. it when it came out, but I rewatched it because I didn't remember. And then I also watched there's a um documentary on HBO Max called Mommy Dead and Dearest. Or Mo- yeah, Mommy Dead and Dearest, I think is what it's called. Um so I watched that for the first time. Um, and it's just it's just a really interesting case. And it's just really in the media like a lot right now because gypsy is free now. So I mean a- I only hope good things for Gypsy Rose pleasure from here on out honestly um yeah so that's just a a a tasting i've there's been a ton more i think since the last time we recorded i hadn't finished in the holidays and i have um and i will say i loved it so don't worry because i know you were worried about me not liking that movie oh
0: no i like legitimately was very worried
1: about this no i actually really really loved it i loved it a lot i didn't want it to end um and so the premise
0: is like not overdone you know what i'm saying no i like it i think they should really make a movie out of it i think they should do you know who i would probably cast as like the owner of the house they're staying at like the 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 quirky like friend of the family
1: oh the one that ends up
0: buying it at the end
1: would be woody harrelson Oh, he'd be good, like a like with hair, right. like Haymitch hair from The Hunger Games. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, like Hunger.
1: that vibe of like,
0: yeah, man,
1: I'm just like a pot smoker, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, Love it. it was a fun book, and because I was I enjoyed it so much, I decided to try and start another Christina Lauren book that I hadn't read yet, and. I am not liking it. And I honestly don't know if I'm going to finish it. Which one is it? Um, it's called The True Love Experiment. Oh, no, no. no. Um, I
0: don't think you're going to like it. I finished it. I loved it. But I don't think you're going to like it. Yeah. You would I'm like, so my far. friend, I have told you how many times, you will like The Billionaire Bad Boy Whatever It Is That It's Called, that series.
1: Oh, okay. By yeah, Christina Lauren. Okay, it was yeah. their
0: first series. I'll find it.
1: Well, I think what I'm going to I'm going to try and reread um, the Ugly series by Scott Westerfield, I think might be my next um, adventure because I read it. Okay, back and, So and it came out.
0: I'm um, oh, OK, so it's called the Beautiful series. OK, and it's like beautiful bastard, beautiful, whatever. OK. Um, I think that's more down your down your alley.
1: OK, that's good to know. All right,
0: they well, have the they have the paperback series for twelve dollars.
1: Oh, I don't buy physical books anymore.
0: I know. Um, Kindle eight ninety nine. Okay. The entire series.
1: I'll look into it. What about you? What have you okay. been doing lately?
0: Well, you know, as you know, I uh, only consume the highest of high media, including <laughs> many variations of Baby Shark. So. You'll have to excuse me while I get overwhelmed with emotion while I talk about it. (laughs) (sighs) The life of a toddler mom is is hard, guys, is what I'm trying to say. Um, But what I did watch in its entirety, and it's something that I had already talked about but I hadn't finished, was Survival of the Thickest on Netflix. It stars Michelle Boutot as a a plus-size, like, body positivity like um stylist and you know she she wants to become a like celebrity stylist when we first meet her and she's already hustling within the community of styling but like you know as per usual something happens episode one i don't want to give it away her life implodes and up from the ashes comes our baby stylist right so great series no notes I want season two ASAP loved seeing um, not just like Mavis, the main character's life, but okay. also the the life of her two best friends. One is like a high powered like badass bitch who has okay. been divorced for a while. And she's kind of like, she's discovering who she is outside of like her career and her like, you know, sexuality, whatever. And then the other one, the other guy khalil is her best friend from childhood and he's learning how to be a boyfriend and like not be such a fuck boy and he's an art teacher and it's like really interesting uh okay. look into their lives but also still being all about mavis like the, the actual like show but still gives us like a glimpse into those other characters lives
1: okay cool i'm glad you're enjoying so it. that's so on
0: netflix Nice.
1: really really enjoyed it and i can't remember did you talk about um having seen my life with the walter boys as well since last time we Ooh, i
0: have not so that's another one that i watched and you know during like 1 a.m 2 a.m binges um <laughs> as is now the only time i can watch things and I totally in this already (laughs) because I texted her. I was like, the most unrealistic part of this entire series is how a woman with so many children can find time to paint.
1: That's true. And she has like a last career. I would definitely agree.
0: Like, you are, ma'am, you are a veterinarian doctor. And you have so many children. Yeah. And yet you find time and space to paint in your studio unrealistic unrealistic
1: she's done a somewhat decent job of um training her entire like all the kids in the family how to look after. yeah yeah, how to look after both themselves and each other so that she doesn't really fucking have to do
0: (laughs) is that helene is that what what the is that the secret is the secret is have enough children so they take care of each other like that is a scam ma'am that sounds like (laughs) a scam i will not have more children
1: (laughs) fair that's fair
0: so this sounds like every mlm ever like don't worry (laughs) it's really hard but you keep just enrolling people in and it it automates itself no
1: Well, I mean, as I mean, yeah, taking care of each other. But I also, I mean, she also, I think, has kind of taught them how to take care of themselves. which is not the best parenting because people like children need parents. They need, you know, their parental figures.
0: Um, I just had a lot of questions about like all those, you know, children living under the same roof. Um, yeah. But that's that's not for me to question. She's that's just in, to know.
1: I think she's absolutely <laughs> insane for agreeing to take not only um, their cousins, the the two boys, Isaac and uh, Lee. Yes. But also, but also then agree to take uh, her as well. What's it? What, Kate. I can't remember what her name is. Um,
0: it was a lot. Um, yes, I enjoyed it. It was very CW esque. Looking forward to next season if there's going to be one
1: right
0: yeah me too i was i also was always rooting for the guidance counselor and her uncle but you know that's
1: yeah Yeah, because he always
0: like he was always like calling her like throughout the season to check in on like his niece and she was always so like fucking upset that he was calling her To check up on the niece. Yeah. And I was like, this sounds like romance to me.
1: Well, I really, <laughs> so her. I, I really liked her with the other guy. But yeah, then when he decided to like choose to leave or whatever, then I was like, maybe, maybe not. Yeah.
0: No, I was always like, it's always going to be the uncle. I know it. And really? like, okay. I was kind of, yeah, I was I kind of right. And I like that about myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we'll see what happens. Well,
0: anyway, that's it for uh, your dose of Olsen twins for this week. And you can join us next time for a mystery movie reveal day.
1: (laughs) So TBD.
0: So look at the ones we've covered. Look at the ones we haven't and make your educated guesses because that's as far as you're going to get today from me. (laughs) Well. In the words of the poets from NSYNC, bye, bye, bye. Growing Up Millennial is an independent entertainment podcast hosted and produced by Helene Karp and Adrian Wilson. Our conversations in every episode Fall under section 107 of the Copyright Act, identifying criticism and comment of copyrighted material as examples of activities qualifying as fair use. Helene Carp manages our social media. Adrew Wilson edits our audio and does all our graphics. You can let us know your thoughts by emailing us at gummypod at gmail.com. That is g-u-m-m-y-p-o-d at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Gummy Pod, and we are also a newsletter. Go check us out at GummyPod.Substack.com Guys, I am sick and hungry. Not a great combo.
2: <laughs>
0: like right well, yeah, now, definitely. all I'm thinking, all I'm thinking, I'm not kidding. All I'm thinking is like, Do you know what would be great? A quesadilla from Taco Bell.
1: <laughs> I had this whole side thing about how apparently, the, like showing that apparently the girls were white because... <coughs> Now he's spending more time with them. I had this whole thing. <laughs> I just said it, not not twenty seconds ago. Oh my gosh.
0: I am so sorry. I <laughs> I swear that I blanked out on like a food, co- like food. I don't know. I was just like, you know what? Taco Bell sounds great right now. Literally the only thing I was thinking of. Oh and my, my I'm gosh, so sorry. girl.
1: We <laughs> need to pause this for you to go eat. <laughs> Maybe later. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) I ate right
0: before starting this. I haven't eaten for weeks anything because I couldn't like even bring myself to eat anything. Everything was so disgusting to me because I was so sick. And now that I'm getting turning a corner, I swear to God, all I can do is think about food.